The Ron and Fez Show starts right now. Buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. That uh, artist of the day, of course, Amy Winehouse. By request, 
Uh, Mr. Wonderful asked for that. Mr. Wonderful said, look, is there any way you can get some Amy Winehouse on for me? And then he said, money. I like money. Uh, we've got so much to uh, get to today. So many stories. Uh, Fez, how's your meningitis? Um, I don't have meningitis, fortunately. Hmm. Okay. Despite the NYC Health Department using the word terrifying as they put out an announcement about it. Well, people are dying. It's uh, You have to immediately go out. Are you thinking about going out and getting your shot? Yeah, I was thinking of getting one just in case something lucky happens to me. How lucky is that? You're with a fucking meningitis freak. Um, Hicks uh, said to me, you see what God never wants them to have sex. Uh, Grinder again. Uh, it's... I don't want to say it's a new AIDS, but it's certainly a new disease or a new strain of meningitis that gay guys are picking up. And well, dying from. Wait, random Craigslist hookups mm -hmm. and random just an app, like a cock app, is what fucking grinders should be called. It's like, oh my god, there's hungry cock. It's 15 feet away from me. Let me go fucking feed it. Why don't we put up Fez's picture and just say who wants meningitis? <laughs> I'll re-download it again. Uh, so much to get to. Michael Vick cannot go out and tour his book because people won't uh, leave him alone. And I kind of think of this as a related story. Uh, people are building tiny parks, some of them no bigger than a bathtub, because then you can't have a sex offender living near you. So the new thing is build a tiny little park in your neighborhood and those sex offenders can move in. It's ridiculous. Either the sex offender can be returned to society or he can't. He or she can't. They don't do it with any other criminal. Would you want to know if there was a guy who gay bashed that moved into your building? Yes, I would want to know, but they don't do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, we don't put anything, uh, I don't think, in our society out there doesn't bring as strong with us as kid touchers and no and moms are of that I'm protecting my child at all cost uh, and you're on the side of sex offenders here no I'm on the sex of uh, on the side of someone's rights criminal rights it's this is just this is well they fake. can't they can't live how's it fake they can't live near a school or a park how the law set up uh but what would make you think that these guys can change? Uh, look how difficult it is to quit drugs and alcohol. How many people set, or look how difficult it is to lose weight and keep that weight off. Well, th at this point, the Twinkie is a little Twinkie, just a seven, eight-year-old boy. I can say, I think it's kind of ingenious what the moms have come up with. They don't want to live near a fucking kid toucher. They want to keep their little kid. They want to have that guy move so he touches another kid. I would love to be able to fucking be part of this so that I wouldn't have to live near any children. I kind of like this a lot. All right, I'm going <laughs> to just register you as a sex offender. Finally, get away from I feel so uncomfortable around them. No more annoying Halloweens. It was very funny. I walked in this gallery the other day, and there was this photography thing of these like little Irish kids, pictures of them, and one... They were just like a picture of them, and after it, it was like after they had boxed, so they were all sweaty, and there were these giant pictures up. And I was laughing, going, 
Hicks would walk in here and run back out again. Like, what did I do? Is this a sting? What is this shit? I don't want to see sweaty young children. Uh, here is um, here's Charlie. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, uh, Fez, if you look up the, the research, it's pretty much proven that the hardcore pedophile, that kind of sex offender, never gets better. It's impossible to cure them. They come back and they commit the same crime over and over. They, ca it, they cannot be cured. Then make it a life sentence. If they're so dangerous, don't let them out of jail near any part of society. Oh, but you're yeah, acting yeah, like all the same that. people are in, in, in agreement about this. And they certainly are not. There are people that don't have children or are following the rule of the law that feel one way about it, much like you. And there's other people that have small children who don't want this to happen. You act like we're all of one mind of this, or somehow society should be all of one mind. We disagree on things. Here's how people who disagree feel like they can keep their neighborhood a little safer. These kids are at But risk. it's just, it's installing a swing and a slide to stop people from being able to get on with their lives. It's not a real park. But they're saying, we don't want you to get on with our lives here. I get it. That, I mean, who's to say what a real park is? But when you have little kids, you are much more protective than, let's say, Chris Stanley, who doesn't think about this issue at all, or you who are thinking that there's somehow this issue is just uh, unfair. Um, the fact of the matter is, are they able to go back into society and should they? Yeah. Do you want them in your neighborhood? Do you, would you want these people moving in next to your nieces? No, I wouldn't want that. Well, all your brother would have to do is build a little park. Simple enough. I mean, your point would be just the opposite. The hypocrisy that you have is allow it happen, but then you're saying, but not here, not where my nieces are. It's the same hypocrisy, except for flip-flopped. It sounds like when um, the Muslim group wanted to build the mosque and recreation center. Absolutely no connection to that whatsoever. That's exactly what it, We don't it, want it in this neighborhood because it's too close to uh, Ground that's, Zero. That's exactly different. We weren't trying to protect Ground Zero. There were some people there not understanding that not all Muslims are terrorists. In this case, all kid touchers are kid touchers. 100%. It would be different if they said we don't want single men living in this neighborhood because single men tend to be kid touchers. That would be closer to your analogy. This thing is somebody has actually done this. Uh, and what what do you do to protect your fucking kids from but it? But they're not all alike. I mean, there could be a 19-year-old kid convicted of statutory rape because he slept with a 17-year-old girlfriend, and how many, he's still registered as a sex offender. How many cases are there that compared to actual kid touchers? That I don't know. I would say very few compared. I think that uh, if the guy, you know, he's supposed to go around and explain himself in that fucking neighborhood... And I think if, you know, that's the law, correct? Right, yeah, you have to uh, let and, everyone know. If a guy came and knocked on your door and said, hey, when I was 19, my girlfriend was 17, this is the rarest case in the history of fucking the world. Because I've never heard of 19 and 17. Um, I'd invite the guy in for a drink. Like, it's all right, Don't dog. you invite everybody in for a drink? I guess even if they did, yeah. If they the bring the drink. He has drinks. I have some liquor at home. <laughs> I see him walking around with full fucking half gallons all the time. 
It's nice. As well as some little tasty treats. <laughs> the most delicious of treats. Um, here's, uh, let's go over here to JP. You're on the run of fast show. Probably be a million dollars. Um, there's a couple, uh, I think in the Midwest, and apparently they took some cutesy pictures of their kids. Um, you know, outside the bathtub, towel wrapped around them. They're hugging each other. No skin. Uh, really just, just harmless pictures. Uh, brought the film or the, or the disc to Walgreens to print some prints out. The, uh, Walgreens or Walmart employees saw them, dropped the dime on the FBI, and now the couple are registered sex offenders. And, um, I think they're being forced out from where they live. And, uh, I think the, the husband was quoted as saying that they're not moving and that Pepper Hicks loves dick. Well, all those things are probably true. The last one's definitely not true. Uh, look, I don't doubt what you guys are saying, that there are special cases. But most of the cases are not special cases. And I'm sorry, if you're a fucking drug addict, right, you're going to have to deal with whether people are going to ever accept you again. You don't immediately get accepted back into your family or back into society without making your amends. Uh, this is part of their amends. They don't stay, do they stay on this forever? Are you on the sex offender list throughout all time? I, I believe so, yeah. Uh, it would seem to me that whatever your more or less cross the bear is with this, uh, there you go. That's what you fucking deal with. Because let me tell you something. There are kids out there that were molested before who uh, suddenly can't go to dances or don't trust people. They carry it forever, too. They carry it every fucking day of their life. And they are free to do whatever, but their sense of, uh, of trust may have been destroyed. That's the way the game's played. Now, is that different from a 17-year-old girl? Absolutely, it's different. Um, but that's also the fucking deal. Um... Here's a mic in Philly. You're on the Run Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. Uh, hey, Fezzy, I just wanted to let you know, you know, I'm, I'm actually going through something right now. Um, I have a six-year-old in kindergarten who uh, has a friend in, in his class, and his friend said to my son, uh, my daddy sometimes makes me bite his penis and drink his pee. So I've had to make, oh, I don't know, two dozen phone calls so somebody would take the report so CPS could get on this family and and, and, and hopes to save this child from further abuse. Fez would think that that's a like loving that? family and that you should mind your own business. Oh. I, I, um, yeah, let's go over here to uh, Joe. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, I got a spy report for you. Thank God I need one. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Hey there, Ronnie B. Yeah. Looks like your uh, buddy Stevie Baldwin ain't going to the big house this time. Yeah, he had some kind of, uh, he forgot to pay estate taxes for three years. Yeah. And he owes, uh, I think, 300 Gs, and they're going to give him five years to pay it off. So. Fifty grand. Well, he's like, listen, if he's locked up, He's not going to be able to make any money. You want your money, right? It's always the weird thing of, like, this was not some mistake in accounting. or He just, for three years, like, I'm not paying the fucking state. <laughs> and they come for you.
Steven, come on. I I think he's good for it, though. I mean, he should crank, crank out a bunch of, like, fucking really terrible movies or whatever. Why does it have to be terrible? I think it'd be good, too. Plus, he does his religious work oh, and shit. makes very good money with that. Oh, so he's good. He's fine. Yeah. If, but that's if he pays them. I mean, the whole point of this is because he ignored them. You know, and it's just like when you owe your fucking bookie. If you give him something, the chances are he'll bitch at you, but, you know, keep you out there. But if you see him and you run and you jump a fence, he's getting pissed off. You certainly don't want to make him break a stride. That's what he did to the IRS. Uh, what about the dog killer, Mike Vick? You, people shouldn't be mad at him? People shouldn't be threatening his life. But, I mean, that's the thing. Is he either done with his sentence or isn't he? You, you see the world is black and white. Racist. Uh, from a racial thing. Uh, I get where you're coming from. But there's no reason... Uh, it, it, it's like if fucking Chris Stanley beat you up, right? He's allowed out of jail. But you're never going to fucking feel comfortable around him. If I do my bid, shit, I don't care. I'm not on probation. Come on, you can't hang out? Well, in this case, you would still be on probation. <laughs> but yeah. For attacking me. But you would never fucking, you know, you may not. You may even forgive him, but you're never going to feel comfortable around him again. No, no one's going to feel comfortable with a sex offender around. But if we're releasing these people from prison, they I, have to have some place to be able to go and not just put out in the desert like this was some sort of Old Testament thing. Why not? What if that was the release thing? They go out into the desert. There are people saying, I don't, I do not see this person as a regular citizen. And there's a lot of times that you give up rights. If you're a felon, you don't get the fucking vote like everybody else. Well, what's the difference? If I can't vote, why is he put back in prison? You know what I mean? It's not one or the other. It's a little more complicated. And I get the fact that when you don't have kids, you and Chris just don't give a fuck. Now, you do have responsibilities, Chris. Yes. And I'm going to say your biggest responsibility is Popcorn. Yes. Let's bring him in right popcorn, now. Popcorn, please come into the studio. He's been doing well lately. I'm trying to hear one of his theme songs, but I can't. There it is. For some reason, it's over there instead of over here. Take a seat. Is there something you two guys want to tell me? There's nothing I have to say. You and Chris. Well, you and, of course, your supervisor, Chris Stanley. Have you been up to something? Me? Yes, you. N n not that I know of. When was the last day you worked? Uh, last Thursday. Now, on that day, Chris, you dismissed him early? Yeah, he had to do, um, what, you, what you had problems with going to court? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, okay. had, I had the court thing. Yeah, he was, was rescheduled. He was, was rescheduled. Yes. When was it rescheduled? Um, I'm not sure. To, for for next no, week. No, no, no. When did? You... So you need to get out early then, too. No, I think what I think it's either on a Monday or Tuesday. If it's on a Tuesday, I was wondering if I could come in on a Monday. Well, do my three-day week that way. Yeah, we might not even have to worry about this because, from what I understand, after you left the other day, uh, one of the other kids came to me and said, uh, "He just tweeted, I'm out of work early, 
What's everybody doing? What the fuck? I I don't know if I did that. And yet I did find out that I knew more than Chris knew that you didn't have to go to court. Well, I, I didn't find out till like 6 o'clock. Um, the tweet happened about 4 o'clock. Yeah. That what? So I how did you I, I, hold on? How did you find out two hours early, Primer? I I didn't. Okay, so how did you say I got out early? Who wants to hang out? I I didn't mean it like that. I meant it like celebratory of me being out early, getting getting fresh air. Yeah. Hmm. Like I didn't hang out with anyone. So I went, this is stale air. Court and then uh, and then the cop didn't show up. So then they rescheduled me. Anyone new want to hang around today? OB. I don't know what OB means. That sound, but it sounds like you're looking to hang out with people. my town. That yeah. No, I don't care about the OB part. Anyone new <laughs> want to hang around today? Are you, you, you missed a lot of time. Are you? Yeah, that was probably l- later on. Like, what's the time on that? Well, let me. I'm gonna do some internet detective work. Apparently, you should be. Running a, a a little bit better staff as it is, Chris. Seems like yeah, I need to be monitoring my interns' twitters as, in addition to everything else. I mean, I can definitely bring oh, in the. Even beyond the that, you one. just need a, a thing of trust with this guy. He misses a lot of time, yeah. and we give him a lot of mic time. Yeah, he's really been doing good. But if you look over at the other kid, that kid covers for him. He comes in and works. Five days a week. And, and you did say you would come in on Friday to cover. Because you missed, what, Wednesday of last week? Yeah, because I was... Why didn't you come in on Friday, then? Because w- you said, get your bu- get your body right, you know? No, no, no. So the, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. On Wednesday. And then you yeah. came in f- f- feeling fine on Thursday. So why didn't you come in on Friday? Well, I wasn't exactly fine, but... You came in better than I've ever seen you on Thursday. And then you left early. Better than you've ever seen me. You came in in a better mood than I've ever seen you on Thursday. Really? I'm lying. Popcorn. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I just, I just didn't. I, I just don't. No, you I know just, what? This is. This I just didn't know I was that. You're happy. teaching me a lot because I can see that Chris Stanley doesn't know what his staff is doing. All right, let's send uh, popcorn uh, back to the house. Thanks, PC. Right, thanks. I feel like I'm going crazy. For the first time ever, Chris, you're on probation. Because I can't blame this young man. I am his mentor. I did retake mentorship of him. Yeah. I just love to keep a fucking... Now, I want you to do this. I want you, after the show today, yeah. go studio to studio and let all of them know that you're on probation. I will. And uh, let them know that um, you're the type of producer who made a mistake in the past. Mad Dog? Mad dog, sorry to interrupt the show. What the fuck is? Oh my god. Um, Dave, you're on the run of Fez show. Dave, lost your buddy. Um, here's our pal, the Candy Man. Hey, Candy Man. Hey, buddies. I got uh, two points and a question then for Fez. Uh, Fezzy, before I was a parent, I didn't care about that stuff you're talking about with the sex offenders. But uh, I moved a bunch, and what my wife does every time we move, she checks into the, the sex registry. We've got one in our neighborhood now. We almost didn't buy our house, but we found out the sheriff of our county lives across the street from him, so he's under constant watch. So I'm not worried about that. But uh, my question is, in Ohio, they're talking about now 
putting giving a sex offender a special license plate to let everybody know they're a sex offender like they did with the drunk drivers. Oh, no, you think about that. That I don't have any problem with. Why wouldn't you? Because the pe- that's, that's not stopping their ability to drive or go to work or hold down a job. But it's letting everybody know they're a sex offender when they're out in public. Fez is on both sides of this uh, uh, issue. And I think he's doing a great job of it. I think, unlike most people, Fez is unfair and unbalanced. And I think it comes across. Then, uh, Chris, you still look like you're upset because of being on probation. This is the first mark against you in all your years producing. I, I, I try to give people benefit of the doubt. In the old days, the interns loved you, uh, got tons of experience from you, were able to say, uh, this Chris Stanley, that's the, that's the work ethic I want to have. I thought I was, this things were turning around. We have some good characters. Sure, you missed a day last week. You know what it's starting to sound like? What's that? Getting too old for this shit, Riggs. Riggs, too old for this shit. I'm in my fucking prime. I don't know. To brag about getting out early out of work on Twitter? Well, he's right. In the OB, he likes to hang out. I don't even know what the OB is. The only thing that's keeping you together right now, and this is actually, Chris, and I'm going to be blunt with you. Okay. Saved your job. Oh, Jesus. Is Matty Ice. (sighs) Matty Ice being the best intern that anyone can imagine has saved you. Thank God for Matty Ice. Because that kid showed up on a Wednesday when there's nothing. We had to beg him to leave here in a blizzard. Yeah, we did, yeah. I fuck it, cause I offered when trains him, were being de- uh, derailed. I offered him to stay at my fucking place in Astoria. I thought that was going to happen, just so we could come in the next day. All right, I'm going to let uh, Matty Ice uh, come in here. and If he even says the slightest wrong thing about you, Chris. All right. Matty Ice. Oh, nice. Shimmy that ass yours in here. Careful, sex offenders. Because <laughs> I have you a new license plate. <laughs> I like tattoos. Just forehead tattoos. I touched a kid. Or, come on, she was 17. I look 30. <laughs> the colonel in fucking Boogie Nights. Matty, is Chris Stanley somebody that you just feel the need to run roughshod over? Or is he so stupid that he can't train you properly? No, he's just a very nice guy. Okay. So he's a nice guy. Yeah. Does it seem like he knows the radio business? I would say he actually does. <laughs> okay. That's I would say very, he does. That's very helpful. Uh, this, Why this do you think that me. all of the interns can't follow his lead? Why do so many interns take advantage of him? That's a good question. Yeah. I guess it's... Uh, I don't know. I guess it's a combination of his personality plus the intern's personality that just don't I see. I see. So some interns, the kind of self-motivated ones like yourself, he's perfect for. The other interns, the private piles of the gang that need a little extra work, he's not the best for. I thought I was... I, I recommitted myself as mentor two weeks ago. Really? And then this happened? And then this happened. So I don't know what the fuck is hell going on. I thought you said you wanted me to get my body back in shape. I, just, I, I, was, 
that day. And then you were in shape and you can't, and you're still coming on Friday. I don't know what's happening. It's like crazy doublespeak. He's fucking throwing at me. I don't know what's happening. Yeah, well, he was right. These aren't the droids you're looking for. <laughs> oh, he's no Jedi. All right, here's our buddy John from Mass, so he'll understand what to do. Right. Hey, John, what do you say, pal? Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, this kid first trashes, as I like to say, Maddie, the Ice House kid. Yeah. And now has betrayed the loyal Chris Stanley. He's what's going to be next? It's going to be Ron or Fez. You got to get rid of him. He's got to go. Sometimes you, you you know just it doesn't mean that anybody's bad. It just means that they're not a good fit. And yeah, in this case, Chris Stanley. In this and case, he's him. showcased Chris Stanley's weaknesses of being too easygoing. Um, I think the hair keeps you from being respected. <laughs> if I'm going to tell the truth, <laughs> the hair looks good. I if you add like a scary type thing, as I drop it, I think it's friendly, almost like a centaur. I'd like to see in a flat top. Oh, that, that would look fucking nuts. We don't know that, and maybe we clean up the beard. I like the beard. Well, I, I may shave Maybe if you didn't always talk about partying and hanging out. Look. Because you know out of balance, maybe they don't. I work hard and I play hard. <laughs> that is true. You do both those things actually too hard. You work too hard, you play too hard. But to have this, to just... Uh, I've got an idea. Yeah. And this might sound crazy. It's a Hail Mary okay. is what it is. Okay. okay? I'm going for it all. Rob Cross is heading down to Austin um, today after the show. Yeah. Or either that or first thing tomorrow morning. I think it's after. after. And Rob, to me, is a, a manning genius. He gets the best out of everybody. Yeah. He's the one that got Watley back on the stick. That started happening again. Should this kid go down to Austin with Rob for five days, shadow him, uh, free booze, uh, parties? I, no. No. Uh, if I know Rob, plenty of dancing ladies. That sounds more like a fucking party vacation. Yeah, but work hard, play hard. True. Could be hanging out at the Fader Fort, getting shit done. Uh, Captain Jack in Brooklyn, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Um, I only get to check into the show like every once in a while. It's Fez, it's a, he's still on the show, right? Were you checking in two minutes ago when I was talking about letting sex offenders live in neighborhoods? Perhaps you missed the unfair and unbalanced portion of our show, where Fez did a point-counterpoint in his own brain. Look. Um, just round him up in the fucking pedophile ghettos. Uh, call me, call me fucking the Hitler of pedophiles. How about this? After the show, you... And popcorn. Maybe you guys got to go see somebody in management. Because it seems like it, this has gotten too big for you. And I'm the type of person who don't doesn't think that the show staff should even be involved in this, you know? <laughs> it's gotten real weird. This, this last thing is... Camel back straw. Well, this is the thing. I think this is interesting because we've finally seen your kind of Peter Pan principle. We've seen your glass ceiling. You've gone as high as you can. <laughs> this is a problem too big for you. It's a problem we I haven't encountered before. That's for sure. Yeah. It's it, it's 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 surprising to me. I feel fucking. I feel a little betrayed. Well, you shouldn't feel betrayed. What you should do 
is start at the bottom and start working your way up again. Oh, no. As if life was a video game. Jesus, this okay? Is game over? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. It doesn't mean that you won't have more lives. Just you're going to go back to the first screen. Oh. Um, Billy Mitchell shit. Luke, you're on the Ron Fez show. Yes, sir. Ronnie B. How you doing? Good. Excellent, excellent. Hey, I'm calling you from Florida. I got Sirius XM about a year ago, and I got to tell you, I, I have my Sirius XM uh, subscription right now for your show, Ron and Fez. But I tell you, I listen to the Ron and Fez show from Mr. Chris Stanley, a.k.a. the Centaur, a.k.a. Pepe Hamburger. Love you, Chris. That's beautiful. All those crazy <laughs> nicknames. Well, yeah, this is going to be good news for you because it looks like Chris might be starting over for the, on the first screen and working his way up. You'll be able to catch up with his growth. Oh, Christ. Oh, no, no. All right. Well, I, I, I got to tell you, Ronnie, you're, you might be making a mistake here. He's a great addition to your show. I think might agree if, uh, you know, you got to reassess the situation a little bit. Chris is awesome. All right, so you think, wait, now this is fascinating. And I'm going to, you know, I am, uh, this is a blank page right now. Yeah. And you're saying to me, Chris Stanley is an asset. Absolutely, absolutely, he's a he's a great asset. I like I said, I, I tune in to listen to Mr. Chris Stanley and uh, and yourself and your banter back and forth. I love it. Banter. Okay, <laughs> we're going to banter a little more. All right. So what? And what? I, Luke, what would you suggest we do? I suggest you go back and give Fez a hard time. It's a little bit more entertaining. <laughs> well, here's the thing. If I give Fez a hard time, he shuts down, he gets quiet, where Chris actually becomes more animated. Like, I noticed when I put the laser on Chris, those atoms will now start to bubble up, move all around. Let's bring it. If I put that laser on Fez, it freezes and locks down, as it's doing right now. So it's two really different ways. Maybe I need HR in here at all times. Oh God, no, please, no. Let's let's keep HR Refuses is never good. HR. <laughs> Why would you write that down? I'm writing everything down. This is fucked. All right, uses a lot of profanity. It's an XL channel. And goes from ponytail to long hair back to ponytail during any given outburst. Yeah, I guess it's a tick. Mm. Oh. Bob in Tennessee, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I really like Chris Stanley, and I think he's a diamond in the rough. I think what he needs is maybe a shave, a haircut, and maybe no more casual dress, a suit every day. All right, I I wouldn't mind seeing that. Now, Chris, I know you're on a budget, and I see this place that says they'll give you a shave and a haircut for two bits. So I'm going to give them a call later, and perhaps they can get on it. If um, I were to wear a suit every day, it would be the same suit, and I would just look as crazy and disheveled as I do now. I don't think so. I'd still like to see it. There he is. See, the laser came off of him, and he's and his atoms are moving again. Uh, Matt, you're on the Run of Fest show. I think uh, Pepper should just treat every intern like they have a vagina, that like Dana. That way he could just scream and curse and yell like a maniac at all of them with impunity. Yeah, the misogynist I'm was very misogynist. hard on Dana. And by the way, Dana worked really hard. No, Dana, Dana was a good intern. But if she were to bust my balls, I would fucking act appropriately. The problem is she saw you for who you were. Where this kid, he can squirt out a couple and you'll give him the keys to the store. Oh, sick, Chris. Oh, my God. Let me then uh, just 
put you in my arms and carry you home. I told him that he has, you know, work will always be here and that, you know, you should feel feel better. Come And he did come in and then he was fine. And then he that now he just says he wasn't feeling fine when he was feeling great. So you're saying he needs to reap. You know what? Maybe it got to his head being on the air so much. I mean, we were giving him long periods of time. His character works. Maybe he needs to restart the back back there. Just grind. Maybe he should be under Pips doing that Pips work. Pips is is a, a great producer. And he also has BasileRadio.com. Basile Radio for all your uh, French-Canadian <laughs> needs. And black. Uh, Pat, you're on the Running Fest show. Hey, you know, Ronnie, me, uh, Lily left, and then Dana left, and went on to bigger, better things, because they got really good at what they were doing. Right. They don't want Pepper Hicks getting any better, because they'll leave. That is a point. I mean, it's always been a very big joy of mine when the interns or producers move up in the world. Uh, the first time this is ever going to stop is, it looks like now, with popcorn. I, I, we have to figure out a way to find a spot for him. Or just say, look, you're not meshing with Pepper. You're able to take advantage of Pepper's good nature, his tiny mammal brain. <laughs> I have a fucking normal-sized brain like every other human. I don't know. I look at my size of my fucking head. It's probably, it's probably more skull than brain. That's what I worry about. <laughs> I mean, if you will be willing to go in there and have some pictures done. Probably use a CAT scan, see what kind of damage I've done to it. I want you guys together at 4 o'clock today. We're going to have a meeting. I, I have a dentist appointment. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, my jaw has been killing me for weeks. I got cavities. I haven't been to dentist in years. Let me just poke around it with a hat pin and see if oh. I can find out where it hurts. Oh. Ow. It's just across the street. I'll be I'll be back after the dentist appointment. All right, would you be willing to do this? Eat candy for a while so <laughs> I can. That's one of the ways that I try to find out. No, I. It's going to hurt. Crunch on some tin foil. Oh. I got a a, a ball of tin no. foil. I can't. I, if I did, I I'd fucking I pass out from the pain. Fill it with some ice. <laughs> what you're after is down, so that's why you're going over there. No, I'm looking for relief from pain. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I know you are. Last week it was the neck. The week before that, your knee was blown out. It's constant with you. You got, you got a slip disc or something? Um, Phil, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, Ron? How's yeah. it going, Fez? Good. Hey, uh, I would like to see maybe Eastside Dave and Black Girl come back for a reunion show and just let, you know, we're sleeping dogs lie. I wouldn't mind having a reunion show one day if you want to talk to those guys, work it out, Chris. Okay. Now, when I say that, is that just gonna another thing you drop the ball on? <laughs> no! I, I, will, <laughs> I will book them! All right, do you remember when, um, uh, you know, that film company that you work with, uh, that you asked me about something, and I'm like, no, I don't think I want to do that one. Yeah. So I go to that screening that you had set up last night, and they're like, Ron, and they bring up uh, some woman's name, and they're like, she'd like you to take a look at this. So they give me this whole dossier on it with a DVD. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, well, they must love us. Yeah. That's all I can get out of it. So I'm going to sit down and watch it now. Okay. Because no one ever gives us the thing of, please, your show's the key to everything that we're trying to do. They love it. 
I know. Oh, so I keep much. hearing back on feedback from filmmakers. It's crazy. Um, Bobcat was saying that when he did the Unmasked, he never had more feedback in anything in his life. It's the shit. I wish we wouldn't, let, uh, you know, limit it to calling it shit. In the, po- <laughs> in the most positive way possible. It, I just have a bad vocabulary. But see, this is the thing. There's power words, right? Yeah. That you want to use in sales and marketing. Right. And calling your product shit <laughs> never is a power word. But, see, it's all different. The shit. And the Bobcat interview is up on the iBang uh, today. All right, short read. There's a there's a fact for everybody, and if you don't know it, it just there's a giant bobcat behind him. The Steve Earls up too, and those songs and those songs are just unbelievable. Hell yeah, low highway, that's the shit. Again, uh, Steve, you're on the Run of Fish show. Hey, Ronnie, I, I gotta stick up for Pepper. You dictated the text verbiage that he sent to Popcorn the day he was sick, telling him to stay home so that you did not get put on a kill list. So you cannot now criticize him for, for that action. That was on Wednesday, but on Thursday he was able to come back in. Yeah. And then Friday is up. He now, offered to, to come in on Friday. Now, here's the other side of that, too. I certainly don't think that I could do Pepper's job. That's why I need somebody better than me in Pepper's job, somebody who can handle people better than me, because my thing is always kneecapping. That's why I would make a oh, I would make a bad manager. I would kneecap him. No, we can't can't do that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna do about all of it. I guess Chris is on the bubble. Oh God. I know the interns can't be. Don't Chris, worry. you put up a, a a swell thing called Porn Stars <laughs> Without Makeup. It yeah. seems got a lot of people talking. Yeah, this is... Um, I've watched a bit of pornography in my time. I didn't know that. Yeah, and uh, this even surprised me as to how just how different these porn stars look without their... looks like a pound of makeup. Some not so... looks look pretty similar. Uh, others. I'm not surprised though because everyone acts like they haven't woken up next to a peeler before, and uh, I mean some of these. Bugs. They wear a lot of makeup in the adult industry. Fucking rough. I mean, I, I, the, who knew these porn stars live in such a hardcore life? See, here's the other problem: the, the photography lies. That's why you have to wear makeup uh, on TV. Photography, people look worse under a camera than they do in real life. I had no, I had no idea. I had no clue. This is blowing my fucking world up. Well, don't let it. I don't think I can even masturbate to pornography anymore. But look at, all right, this, this woman looks like a fucking zombie, but she has that fucking makeup on. I might be crazy. I think she looks better in that shot. <laughs> I think she looks more natural. She looks like she's dying. Look at her eyes. <laughs> you know what? This should be porn stars if they lived in Northern California would be the perfect title for this. It's amazing how well they cover up the one girl's uh, gigantic cold sore. Where you can't even see it. Pancake makeup. You're, you've got a theater background, Fizz. Yeah, you pancaked you, it up. Oh, yeah. I've done it before. But it's... Oh. But that is gigantic. I think she looks better there, Chris. Without the makeup. Yeah. She looks like E.T. <laughs> yeah. that's A I, movie star. You're saying she looks like a movie star without makeup. 
Obviously, she does. Uh, these pictures are up on the iBang. Uh, Chris is just being very harsh on these women. Again, and this has come up, you were hard on Lily. You were hard on Dana. You're a misogynist. I'm without a doubt not a misogynist. Look, this porn star doesn't look that bad without makeup on. See, I think she looks a little worse. <laughs> oh, come on. She looks fine. This one, okay. You know, there's some of these women. It's a complete transportation. Transport. Uh, Go ahead. What is it? <laughs> transportation. Is, of <laughs> transportation like a bus schedule. Transformation. There we go. Oh, there's not so much. Uh, really, just freak shows. I would expect it worse. I don't know, man. I didn't think makeup could change. There's some artists with a fucking makeup brush out there. Well, let me tell you something, Alphabet Mangler. The thing is... It's accurate. Huh? It's accurate. I, I destroyed the English language on a daily fucking basis. But you're talking. Um, now, don't you think she looks a little friendlier without her makeup? She's a little scary, but she she doesn't look that that different from... This is a Veruca James. She doesn't look that different from her makeup. That James family has put out a lot of <laughs> porno girls. I don't know what their mother and father have done. Anissa Kate, she doesn't look terrible without makeup on. But some of them, good God. E.T. girl, freak. She shouldn't be in porn. Hmm. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here's one. Larkin Love. All right, looks she looks like if a tapeworm actually had a face. <laughs> I think she looks good, like if a tapeworm had a face. <laughs> she looks like a transient. She belongs on the fucking railroad tracks. I don't think so. I mean, that's normally male and that's 40 how years older. That's she looks like. Is she, how fucked up Do you she think looks. she should be carrying a stick with her lunch inside of a handkerchief <laughs> behind a her? And a dildo sticking out. Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, by the way, today I want to say happy birthday to Jack, Jack Kerouac. Big ups. I don't know whether you still get to celebrate your birthday after you die, but when else are you supposed to do it? We got the uh, pictures of uh, Martha Stewart up as a young model. And it's crazy to me how much she looks like uh, Alexis Stewart, our old buddy. Who stopped being friends with us because we were too nice to Jenny Hutt. What the, what's the deal, Stewart family? Hey, you're with us or against us? That's how the Stewarts are. Martha, Alexis, and Rod Stewart all feel the same exact way. She must have been a joy to be in prison with And them. yeah, all of them had to get their stomachs pumped. <laughs> oh. Oh, man, things are moving slow. People are going to see the <laughs> porn girls. Well, Nobody things are moving slow at the junction, of course. Uh, we will be doing our uh, March Madness. I thought we were going to start it by now, Fez. Uh, we'll probably have it. We will have it by the end of the week, and then the selection show is Sunday, and it's not till an hour after the selection show where you can start filling out your brackets. Um, I thought the whole point was we we're going to be able to get up and get signed in. Hey, look, there they are picking the first pulp. I'm just going to yell New York. It's a nice room. They always have nice rooms. Catholicism has the best, like, get gear. Oh, yeah. But you know what I would always do in my joke? 
uh, I would always come in and go like this to another archbishop. This is so embarrassing. We're wearing the same thing. And then I would laugh and say, don't leave a motherfucker hanging. <laughs> it's like a White Stripes concert in that fucking place. Yeah. Where's and Jack? Then, and then I would be like this. Hey, did you hear? Fez wants us to get special license plates. I wonder if they root for the St. Louis Cardinals all the time. I'd be my favorite baseball team if I was a Catholic Cardinal. Who would you vote for? Uh, would you vote? Oh, Go ahead. Take your time. <laughs> would you root for the Arizona Cardinals? No, I'd root for the Niners. They made a big move yesterday and looked strong. How how's all of this comes down? Is this because Flacco got extra money? That now all of a sudden players from the Ravens have to move over to the 49ers? Yeah, they paid Flacco when they can't afford everyone else now. So... Who went yesterday? Bolden's gone, and they they might have to restructure Suggs also. Oh no, he sizzle. <laughs> well, he's getting a lot of that movie money, so he's he's paying that. He's he'll be fine. He went to Cannes. Please watch that movie sometime. I I, I really I, I will watch the Coalition. Suffer, <laughs> suffer through the Coalition. <laughs> yeah, I wish I would have brought my other coat. It's made out of diamonds. <laughs> If you had a diamond coat, you think that'd be the one you always wore? Oh, let me hold on a second. I gotta look at my stock portfolio. <laughs> so I guess that guy's a rich dude. This is my own manicurist. Self-taught. <laughs> it was a very strange movie. Mother Stewart, pretty good back in the day. Yeah, she was very attractive. Too bad Alexis doesn't know her own dad is. She's it's kind of bitter about that. Well, you know, it's the rich are different than you and me. It's an old saying, but it's true. Man, if I were rich, I'd fucking, I'd be the everyman. I'd, it'd be awesome. If you were rich, you'd be broke. Yeah. <laughs> That's the beauty of it. It'd be a good month, depending on how much I decided much money. if I hit the lottery and I gave you money, I'm actually going to give it to a banker, and he's going to give you stipends. Because I can't trust you. I would be like... Oh, I gave Chris $10 million, and now he's dead. <laughs> I wouldn't die. You would fucking get high till you died. <laughs> it would definitely, I think people, it, yeah. You're like the goldfish. If you, if you end up dropping all the food in there, they eat until they explode. Can't stop. Have a hard time. Can't stop till you get enough. To stop. What's da, enough? Da, 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 da. All right, well. You know, there's a thing up there, and I don't know you say that you're not a big Billy Joel fan, but the Billy Joel is a mensch is a very nice thing, uh, where people, uh, he let some kid come up on stage and perform with him, some college kid. But I looked over on the iBang, and there are a lot of people saying work and plant. Oh, you think Billy would do that? I, I, I don't think that the college would do it. <laughs> there's no reason that he would need to have a plant. And that college. Billy doesn't even put out albums for like 18 years. And he still sells out everything. He doesn't have to. He just fucking banks it up. I didn't know that anyone had to put out albums. I thought they would want to express themselves. That would be like <laughs> James Cameron going, I don't ever have to make a movie. You know, it's not like he's digging ditches. He wanted to make movies. Maybe Billy, Billy wanted to write songs. Maybe he wants to do like a Tupac thing where like after he dies... They released like 20 fucking Billy Joel albums. So why don't they just release them now while he's alive? It's no fun. 
I pretend to fix things, but really I just watch them a lot. I don't think that the kid's a plant. I could be wrong, though. Lord knows I've been to the carnival before. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Are we signing people up now, Fez? No, not yet. You know what? Let's not even do one. Let's not even do a March Madness. No, we have to do March Madness. I love filling out brackets. What do you have there? Uh, Popcorn just texted me a picture of his new court date. I guess it was his ticket. Does he need to leave now? (laughs) It says it's on the 19th. Don't know what's going on. Hmm. Oh, pops. 42% of Australians think that Hitler wasn't so bad. Austrians? Austrians, not Australians. <laughs> that would have been really weird. That would have been really strange. Not so bad, mate. Good guy. Friendly little mustache. Ain't no Jews down here. Kangaroo! <laughs> well, there's a lot of things I don't trust, and Australians is right at the top. But you know those Austrians would love to have Hitler back. They were on top when he was in charge. Everyone gave a shit about the uh, Austrian Empire. And also, they said there was an amazing, amazing spike in the dry cleaning business back then. Because everybody's suits had to be clean and crisp. The starch. How many Nazis could still be in Austria? I thought the Mossad, like that's like the, the Jewish CIA. I thought they were whacking all of them. They, they have youngsters. These are young people who are like, I'm a big fan. Then if I was fucking Israel, if I was the prime minister of Israel, I'd be whacking all these motherfuckers. I would just be fucking lighting them up. All right, now hold on. You guys are going to be angry about anyone expressing themselves, yet letting kid touchers move into every fucking neighborhood that you want. Fez has taught us today, safety comes last. Safety for our children is at the bottom of our fucking barrel. I'd be concerned about safety for little Jewish children. That's what I'd be fucking worried about. Exactly. Exactly. Instead, they're just free to just... Would this make you feel better if Nazis had to get license plates that says I'm a Nazi? Follow me to the next big meeting? It's a start. It'd be easier to know where to fucking aim. Was it Hitler's uh, idea to come up with a swastika? I mean, I know he stole the fucking bit, but was he like, hey, we also need a really cool logo? He has to be. Yeah, he had to be the guy to, to fucking start You feel this. like he was that hands-on, though? Like, every little detail that came out? Oh, I like, think I he want was the, into all of it, yeah. I want these guys wearing black. I want these guys wearing gray. Oh, let's go with the higher boots that look scarier. Yeah. If you were a fucking teacher, most of the time you'd be surprised how many times you would just catch little boys drawing Nazi fucking things. I still draw swastikas on these <laughs> fucking sheets right here. Don't. We have a lot of Jewish guests. Well, I, I, well, I try to try to hold like this. But this is the this is the mind fuck of Hitler. It's one of the funnest things to draw. Anyone. By can the draw. way, I also like drawing the Jewish star. When I was a kid, the one triangle, then the other triangle, yeah. and you're like, look what I just came up with. It's nice. something really fucking great. It's it's the it's the key to successful fucking people. Just a really nice, aesthetically pleasing yeah. logo. It's so, not like us where we have to sit down and try to fucking draw an eagle. So was it Hitler or was it Hitler's graphic designer who did it? 
Well, he had to okay it, though, right? Yeah, he. Oh, yeah. I would assume so. I mean, this was the fucking the, the goddamn party's flag. And he was the one, like, doing all the architectural designs, too, for... What architectural designs? The, all the plans he had for Berlin, like their arc and everything well, that never got done. He was actually sitting down and drawing that up? I, yeah. What's I, the Berlin arc? I, I don't think it ever got built. Well, what is it? Uh, it was just some giant, basically a monument to Nazism mm-hmm. that he was going to put in Berlin. And you're saying he drew it up himself? Yeah. Yes. He's an artist, the young kid, so, yeah. so I guess that. I mean, but so is Bush, and I don't see him coming up with any cool logos. He has all those puppies that he draws. That's weird. You <laughs> know a lot about Hitler, Matty dog Ice. Paintings. I know. Matty Ice, the fucking big goddamn German that he is. <laughs> he's like, oh, let me say, like, oh, don't you really hate it when people just start bringing up, like, well, Rommel, uh, well, and you're like, dude, you're a little obsessed with this. Fucking bringing up Mengele. Just fucking. Mangala um, was so interesting in so many ways. You're like, what? He vivisected human beings and tried to grab them back together. Don't you find that cool? Uh, Daniel, you're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, what's up, buddies? What can we do uh, for so, you? So, uh, if you look at uh, Hitler, he was an artist, right? All that stuff from the Nazi party he designed, from the uniforms to the logo to. So, you honestly think that he sat down and designed. Much like a gay yeah. guy, just <laughs> sitting there drawing sketches in a sketchbook of, like, here's where I want the trousers to go, and here's the belt. Exactly. That's so I fucking mean, swiping, weird. Swiping stuff from the Roman Empire, those symbols and stuff, if you yeah. watch from marching, those banners they held. You can See, check out the movie uh, Max, starring John Cusack, and it goes into that. Yeah, I never have seen that film. I was Hitler as a young artist. And the premise was that if somebody would have bought his art when he was younger, he would have just been happy being an artist. That Because the fact that he was a starving artist brought him back to the military. And when you look at it, like this is his kind of living sculpt, uh, sculpture, is the Nazi party. We should not take money away from the arts. We don't want another Hitler. It's a really good point. That that could that could be the ad campaign. <laughs> hey, remember Hitler? <laughs> the, More yeah. money for the arts. That's right. what PBS should be fucking doing. Yeah, let these kids play French horn because they'll be crazy if you don't. Um, Hitler probably would have done well on Project Runway if he was around today. I think he would have done terrible. Just when they start to bust balls, he'd have been fucking screaming back at him. <laughs> if anything, they've already got a Nazi as a judge. Here's Chris. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, how you doing, guys? Yeah. Wanted to let you know, actually, Hitler didn't draw any of that. It, it was He had an architect. His name was Albert Speer. He was the one who actually... The one and only did. Albert Speer. All right, thank you for finally giving us the truth. That's what I need yes, to sir. hear. Thank you. Here's I don't know what welcome. I do without you because I've got my fucking team just lying to me all day. Now, here's my thing. that You ever see those like alternate realities, alternate history? My thing is... Hitler wins the war, and then he has to design the Playboy Bunny costume. And he's just fucking working on it constantly. The ears would be sharper, the boots higher, the entire outfit made out of leather. That's sexy. Uh, Frank, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Did yeah. it come out a couple of years ago that Hugo Boss designed all the Nazi uniforms? You know what? Thank you. I'm getting... I'm being what? fed bullshit here, one after another. Hugo Boss is a fucking Nazi? German. That just happened to have a deal there. 
Uh, John, go ahead, buddy. Hey, guys. Uh, I don't think Hitler did much drawing. Uh, he developed Parkinson's disease at a very early age. That's Thank why you. you never really saw much uh, video of him below the chest when he did speeches and things like that. I've seen plenty of it, but thanks. Uh, all right, good. All right. You guys, you got off to a really good thing. You're fucking pulling my leg here. Sorry, my listeners caught you. I honestly thought... Three Hitler. blind liars. Three blind liars. I uh, are we done, Link? Can we move on to the next subject? Is it a lie if I really thought it was true? <laughs> and fucking Fez will be telling me, Johnny and I just sold a football. <laughs> They didn't have it. They used to use rolled up socks before Johnny Unitas came out. What? He killed a pig. Jesus, the light. Look at this. The one black guy. Please pick me. There he is. One after another, they come up. Well, that's good. They vow secrecy. Uh, they're going to vow. Yeah, they're vowing their secrecy. And then the doors will be locked. And no one can leave. No one can come in and leave. And no food. No pissing, no shitting, until you see the white smoke. Now, the white smoke could come anytime now. Anytime. This is pretty exciting. I think it'll come quick. I think we'll have it by the end of the show tomorrow. That doesn't seem all that quick to me. 24 hours without a shit? <laughs> that seems like you're asking a lot. They're going to be shitting themselves. Some, some of these guys are older dudes. They're not going to be able to hold it. Does this not look a lot closer to... Star Wars, when the, all those fucking dudes would get together. They had their Patty One twinks next to them at all times. Oh, yeah. They were definitely gay. Can you imagine, like, this has got to be the only thing of power left that's all male. I mean, it really looks so out of place. I think Muslims only have male clerics, too. I think I'm sure you're right. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about religion itself. Yeah. Just religious. Here's this powerful, multi-billion dollar fucking secret society. All males. Um, I can beat anybody at Domino. No, you can't. I said, I can beat anybody at Domino. No, you can't. Please say it. Yeah, that's weirdness. You ever watch them walk the fucking wheel down there? It looks pretty cool. Oh, it looks crazy, and it looks like people get fucking fall underfoot and get stomped on. Yeah, I don't know. How, I have no idea how they keep it all together the, in Mecca when they're walking around the giant black box. This is what annoys me. They walk a circle around a box. I'd like to see small squares around it. Or make that thing itself a circle. Or a cylinder. Now, I could never show up for that. It's like being in the pit forever. It's wild. That mech is a whacked out place. I'd rather go to Dubai. Um, now, I don't trust Dubai either, man. They busted those people for kissing. Yeah, they'll but yeah, if a woman's like, like walking around with a man, it's like she's done. Right, she's, she's unclean. There's a guy who they found... Uh, some minuscule amount of pot in his shoe tread, and he was in jail for years for it. Yeah, that's Texas also. Texas would always do the same thing. When I was young, they would remember, uh, like, Normal would be out there trying to legalize pot. They would always bring up Texas, and I was like, man, I'm never getting high in Texas. Just go to Austin. Get high there. Yeah, no. 
Blue part of the red state, Austin. It's fun. Well, we'll see. I mean, if Popcorn likes it down there. I'm going to have to talk to Cross, try to get an extra ticket. He might not come back. Why should he? Maybe he'll just start a food truck and just live in Austin. Serve Empanadas. <laughs> Anybody want empanadas? What the fuck? It's only a buck. Come on, man. Steve Earl was saying, he's from Texas. He's like, I grew up down there in occupied Mexico. <laughs> Damn, Steve Earl. Man, that Steve Earl song was so good the other day. Both songs were good, but the second song just slayed me. Invisible. It's really fantastic. I like them both. What was the first one called? First one was The Low Highway. Off the album, The Low Highway. That was that was amazing. Just you know, being ten feet away from the guy. He's just ten feet. I don't like, know what. Well, I was. Four. I was. Over, I was. I was. You over. must think that you're incredibly tall. <laughs> if you think between those two guys is ten feet. Oh yeah. It's about six. Oh wow, I was way off. Yeah, you always are. I have bad spatial reasoning. Depth perception. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> wow. I always know that there are some people that also can never tell how many people are somewhere. So when someone does a show, I'll go, well, how many people are there? And they're like, what? And they're like, I'll go, well, how many people were at the show? How could I tell that? I'm like, you can't look at a crowd. Eyeball it. And they're like, I don't know, 30,000? And I'm like, at the cellar? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, then eight? But there, can't you look at a crowd and pretty much feel like I can tell you how many people are there? I yeah. can't. I'm nice at that. No, I can't. The, obviously, I can't tell distances, but I'll fucking eyeball a crowd. You told me today that you had to come to work 700 miles <laughs> on the subway. You wouldn't believe the trek I've been on. <laughs> There's some people that also don't know time. They're like, we were going for like 18 hours. We're like, no. And they claim that a dog doesn't know how long you've been gone. Yeah, I've heard that. It's like it's every every time you leave, they think you've been gone forever. And then every time they cut, but then it gets surprised every time you come back home. But then if you see a dog after 15 years, he still remembers you. Dogs are fucking weird. They're fucking nuts. And you, you, every every so often you hear like a story of like a dog like fucking just sleeping on finding its owner's grave and just like sleeping on it every night. And then just dogs just after their owners die just do shit that they did with the owners every single day. Fucking dogs, man. <laughs> See, do but here's the weird thing about dogs. There's an interdependence, right? In other words, they don't know where they end and you begin. So the thing about a dog. Why people like dogs so much is like if you are sad, they tend to be sad and want to cheer you up. Aww. If you're happy, they're like, fuck, everything's <laughs> going our way. Like, they, you don't need to do something for them to make them happy. Like, could you imagine if you found out good news and Fez was just as happy as if it happened to him? You know what <laughs> I mean? Weird. That would be like, you're like, this guy really cares about me. But we don't have that. People are like, oh, Chris just got some great news. This makes me feel like shit, because I'm his friend. Well, it's easier all <laughs> that good shit happening to him. Exactly. That's what's so fucking wrong with humans. Maybe we could start a dog cult. I know plenty of fucking people that'll find out they're, like, angry, like, 
He got a fucking job doing mornings in L.A.? Fuck! I'm like, I thought you guys were buddy. Yeah, we are. We're good friends. But still. I deserve that. And you're like, well, did you go for it? No. But he did. Still. <laughs> like, they would rather a stranger got a great gig than their friend. I had a friend that was mad because his other friend got a, a cartoon voiceover, right? It was a really well-known cartoon voiceover. And these two guys were close. And this guy was so pissed off. I'm like, well, did you try for the job? No. I go, why Why are you mad? As I could see, like, if he beat you out for it. Hey, there's a legitimate beef, I guess, even though you're still friends. Whatever. Right. He beat you in a you know, competition right. for cash. But not going for it, that just makes you look fucking crazy. The guy's crazy, but, <laughs> but I felt, like, incredibly honest, because I feel like a lot of guys feel that way. Gotta have love. I mean, the going for it, you have to go for things. Otherwise, you just fucking sound fucking like a crazy person. People are crazy people. But they would rather someone they don't know. They're not going to be jealous if some stranger gets something. Yeah. I guess. I, go. <laughs> go. People, people compare themselves to their friends and their peers all the time. And that's, 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 that's what happens. So good. Now your peers are successful. That makes you successful. Then you're able to say, look, successful people know I, I have something. Most people don't fucking see that way. I think most people are really jealous and bitter. Most people are cunts. So at my school station, there were six or seven of us who all applied for serious internships, and I was the only one who got it. And they didn't say they were mad, but they walked around me like they you were pissed tell. off the next few days. You can fucking tell. Fuck em. And it's everything, too. It's like love life, any of that. What do you mean by love life? Like if someone finds a really get, uh, great person that they're in love with, and it's like, they'll focus on that person's faults and go, well, how did he get such a great girl? Or See, guy? I didn't know that. I thought it was only like competitive in that. I, I, I thought it was competitive like in the business place. Because most of the time, don't you look at your friend's chicks and go, hmm, he's fucking up. <laughs> He's stuck in a bad fucking relationship. <laughs> That's how I feel about most people I know. I never feel like they're, oh, they're so lucky. They found Miss Wright. Well, I understand. Hey, I guess uh, they'll be fucking each other for a while <laughs> until something fucking weird happens and then they stop. I think most of your friends, don't you go like, what does he see in her? Not the, what does she see in him? I know most of my friends are just psychopaths. So you ever have this happen where you're like left alone somewhere with your friends, chick that maybe you've even you've known for years, and you got to make small talk? It gets weird. Yeah. It gets, it's it's awkward because you're still like alone with a, a woman, right? And you're, you're trying not to doing your normal thing, you know, <laughs> trying to impress her. Like, wait a minute. And then you're all like, Ugh, Bernie's nuts, huh? Where is he? <laughs> Didn't he say he was coming back here? I gotta go smoke, Carl. I'll be back. Are you jealous of people's relationships? Oh yeah, like uh, like the friend that I w uh, that I knew in high school that I went to see over Christmas time, and he had come out of the closet like a few years ago. The first gay place he went to, he met someone. And they've been together for years ever since. Okay, so this is what this is what this, this is. Maybe it's for single people more than people who are already no, in a couple. No, what this was was a specific fucking thing. 
Because I'm like, oh, people act that way. But you're just saying you say it in yourself. Oh, totally, yeah. Yeah, that it's like, wow, it's like his first time. And it was in, you know, St. Petersburg. Not a gigantic... Russia, huh? <laughs> not a gigantic... Russia is very thing. big. Russia is very big. Maybe you'd do better down there. Be less competition. Less fucking young uh, meningitis fucking twinks running around. Yeah, it's rampant these days. They're finding people dead in their apartments from it. Mm. What's well, on them? I mean, how fast is meningitis act? They, they say it just hits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I read the thing today. <laughs> and they said, like, you couldn't even get to your doctor. Yeah, from the time... It just hits. Christ. They thought I had meningitis two years ago. I got a spinal tap for it. I didn't have it, and it sucked in the spinal tap, but I... Well, apparently this is even a, a new strain of gay meningitis. <laughs> okay. Be very careful telling people you got meningitis these days. This is like eight, nine years ago, probably. What was the spinal tap? They stick a spine they, in. They you... stick a, a big needle into your spine to get the fluid out. And the first doctor oh. couldn't get it in the right spot, oh. Oh. so he poked like three, four times, and and then he's, all right, I'm, I'm someone else. God, I would love that because you know how it itches in your spine, you can't get to it. <laughs> Just to get that spike in there must have felt great. It can't possibly feel great. No. Where well, you going like this? Oh, come on, a little higher. Oh, no, oh, yeah, 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 that's no. it. That's it. It was probably the the worst pain I've ever been in. Do they show you the needle? Because that can't be helpful. It's a Why big not? needle. You don't want to see the needle going in you? No, I don't want to see. I don't want them to say, all right, we're going to insert this into your spinal column. Why not? Because that'll make me freak all the more to see the giant, what's going in there, that giant needle. Well, why wouldn't you be thinking that it was more giant if you didn't get to see it? And the whole needle isn't going in there. That's what a four foot long needle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so you got some juice inside your spine, huh? Well, everyone does, yeah. Wait, there's liquid inside our bones? Yeah. <laughs> the, how the fuck does that happen? It's dry bone. Not inside. Inside is like, um, like a fun little filling in it. <laughs> well, bone marrow tastes good. That's the inside of a That's bone. the fucking best tasting thing in the world. I don't know why. You're like, mm, you done with your bone marrow? <laughs> Doctors are fucked up. There's no better way to get inside the juice of the fucking spine. No, to shove a needle in there. Well, you know, the weird thing is, it's like almost every year we get better and better at things. Like if you see somebody uh, from like the 1960s or 70s who had an appendix operation, it looks like they cut him open with an axe. <laughs> my, my buddy had one when he was uh, in the 80s, and it's just... It's yeah, it's just this huge thing. <laughs> it's fucking creepy looking. And now they don't even cut you open. They just stick these things in you. And the weird thing is, even that thing inside, like, fucking really hurts to recover from. So I can't imagine what it was like back in the day. Uh, fucked up. So my friend had, had heart surgery, and all he has is a little hole in his leg from when they went all the way up the yeah. leg and into the heart. Yeah, that's what they do now. They just put that thing in. It's nothing. It's nothing. It used to be he had heart surgery. He'll be out of the hospital in a month or so. <laughs> there, uh, a friend of mine was in a car accident, and there was some internal bleeding. They didn't know what it was. This is when we were kids. So they just sliced them open and pulled it open and started looking around <laughs> to see where they can see where the blood is from. So then later he's at the beach. He's just got this huge fucking saw uh, oh. cut down his stomach. And he's walking around. It was like, put a fucking shirt on, dude. <laughs> oh. You look like animal. God damn.
has cracked his fucking shit open? Yeah, they just cracked him open like they were in a hurry. Like they had to find out what was bleeding quick. <laughs> oh, fuck. There's the scar from my last three stents. I can't even see it. That little dot there on my wrist. It's amazing that you could get to the uh, heart from a wrist. Um, we do have a uh, thing we want to get to, uh, a lifeboat, but first, before that, uh, Sweet Brown is suing Apple for $15 million. <laughs> we all know Sweet Brown. Oh, the wonderful Sweet Brown. Yeah, from, uh... The fucking, uh, the, the viral news campaign. Yeah, this was as big as big could get. Play a little bit of it. Internet celebrity Sweet Brown is suing Apple and the owners of a celebrity. Seattle radio station. Kimberly Wilkins became famous after an Oklahoma City TV station interviewed Wilkins about an apartment fire. She identified herself as Sweet Brown during the interview. Well, I woke up to go give me a cold pop. <laughs> then I thought somebody was barbecuing. I said, oh, Lord Jesus, it's a fire. Then I ran out. I didn't grab no shoes or nothing, Jesus. I ran for my life. And then the smoke got me. I got bronchitis. <laughs> now she is suing Apple Inc. saying it did not have her permission to benefit from a musical mashup of her quirky interview. She says she was defrauded when her voice and likeness were used to sell songs on iTunes. Now in the suit, Wilkins claims a representative from a Seattle radio station asked her general questions relating to the fire. The suit claims the station produced a song called I Got Bronchitis. And the song was available on iTunes a short time later. Attempts to contact attorneys representing the company were not successful. The case is pending in federal court. Yeah, sue the people who made you famous. She's got to get her money. That's sweet brown fucking cash. Um, yeah, it sounds like if they sold the, the song, though, they probably do owe her some money. They used her voice. I mean, if they had it up on Apple... Yeah, all the all these fucking. I doubt very much it made fifteen million though. All these uh, remixes go up on Apple now. Ain't got time for that. <laughs> Ain't got time for that. If we can give a listen. If you want. I mean, it's fucking right here. I don't want to fucking end up owning forty cents for this. <laughs> I got bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's a good song. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time. Ain't nobody got time for that. You know, the weird thing about this, millions of people are trying to write songs and fucking get them played. They can't. She yells something out, and suddenly there's a hit song. Throw a beat underneath it. It's surprisingly catchy. Yeah, and she's like, why aren't I getting paid? It's catchy. Why they show him as a lizard? <laughs> Jesus, 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 Jesus,
Chris Stanley, what do we got here? Not enough room in the lifeboat. Arrested development. Whoa! This. All right. The four. Buster Bluth. Joe Bluth. Tobias Funke. George Bluth Sr. I don't know what to do about this. This is good. I love all of them. All right, let's go over it again. This is the Bluth family from Arrested Development. Unfortunately, Chris, a listener came up with this, correct? Yes. And uh, what's his name? The point is, he picked four people that are all great. Yeah. Four that are all great. Uh, we're going to let Fez Watley go first. Uh, I will save uh, George Bluth Sr., the great Jeffrey Tambor. Um, let's see. Out of the other three, I am going to throw off the lifeboat. Tobias Funk. And that's uh, simply because he is not a bluth. Yeah, but he's a non-nude. Funke. Tobias. You watch the show? No, I've never seen it. Oh! <laughs> It's two seasons, worth three seasons, whatever it is. It, it, it's, it's a quick watch, actually. It is. Um, <laughs> I love every one of these people. This is the toughest one I think I've ever seen. It's too good. Uh, on a early, early thing here, uh, Buster. Oh! Is leading it. Well, wouldn't you feel bad no matter who gets thrown out. Yeah. Lucille. Everybody remembers that. Oh. Sure. Alright, uh, do you watch this at all? I do. Well, I did. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, it's coming back. Yeah. Netflix, I think they'll all be done on the same day. Every, all 14, I think it's 14 episodes come out in the same day. I'll have a great day that day. I don't know if I want to watch them all at once, or do I save them? I'm going to watch them all at once. I I made the mistake with House of Cards. I watched it all at once, then it's over. I'm like, oh, no. Did you love it? Yeah, it was great, House of Cards. I watched the first two episodes before it came out, and then I'm like, I'm going to watch them all the first second I get, and then I've been too busy. Chris Stanley's sending me around the thing after thing while he's going off getting a lovely fucking day at the dentist office. <laughs> That's not going to be <laughs> lovely. It's going to be painful. You're going to end up getting a root canal. Oh, I fucking hope not. 
course you are. When you let cavities go, you get a root, root canal. Ugh. Yep. I don't. <laughs> Little tiny files down into your roots. Fuck! All right, what do you got for us then, uh, Matty Ice? Uh, first one I'm going to save is Tobias Funke, the never nude. He's. Always- You're not going by Tobias Funk, the new name Fez is laying on him? <laughs> Fez Wotley gave him? The never nude. Every line is hilarious. He's yeah. in there for. Um, I would save Job. I kick off George Sr. Wow. It's it's not easy, but out of those four, I'm kicking off George Sr. The patriarch of the Bluth family. You yeah. fucking throw in the drink. Yeah, I am. And it wasn't... I don't think it's that close to me, actually. Not even close. The, you actually want to get rid of him no matter what was up. <laughs> even if there was five seats, he'd still throw them out. Um... Bibbs, are you a, 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 a fan of this? No, I've actually never seen it before. Oh, God. All right, but that didn't stop Fez from voting. <laughs> All right, Hicks, back to you. If you'd like to get in on this, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. We should be playing the Arrested Development theme as we sit here. They're all so goddamn entertaining. They're all great. They all have their character flaws. Well, that's what their characters are, character flaws. <laughs> But safest is Job. Final countdown. The greatest illusionist that I've ever seen. Job. Safe. Will Arnett. Fucking hysterical. Uh, by the way, Giuseppe Mercury sent this to us. Giuseppe Mercury. Great one, dude. Great one. And very, very difficult. Next safest. George Sr. Wow. He's the mastermind. He's the man. He's hysterical. Now, between Tobias Funke and Buster Bluth. Little known fact, Tobias Funke was a albino black man. That came out after the show went off the air. I did not know that. that there, were, there were hints to it throughout the entire series that he was a black man. But just... What about albino. his short shorts that he wore? Should that have been a giveaway? <laughs> He's a never nude. He can't take his fucking pants off without having... Buster Bluth, you're going in the drink. Wow. Buster Bluth, I'm, I'm sorry. Buster's so funny on that show. He's hysterical. And then I saw him on some other show, and he's not so funny. <laughs> oh, no. I'm trying to think of what he's on now. His character was great in, uh, on the show. Yeah. Oh, it's Veep. There they are. They're still swearing to secrecy. They will not tell anybody what anything goes on in there. And then, then they're going to push out the cameras, lock the doors. Everybody takes their pants off. <laughs> and they get done the measuring cocks. That's how it's decided. Uh, here's uh, Mike. You're on the Run of Fed show. What's up, guys? Yeah, this is like Sophie's choice. It's uh, almost impossible to do, but... You know, I gotta go with George Michael Sr. It's, it's really tough. I was gonna go with Buster, but the last time it was in the water, he gotta tamp it up by steel, and I just can't do that to him again, you know? Yeah, he's been through a lot. There's no doubt about it. Scott, you're on the Run of Fed show. Scott. Oh, hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Um, okay. First, you have to keep Tobias, uh, the, the uh, anarchist. 
um, just because every word out of his mouth is unintentionally funny from him, but just funny always. And you got to keep Job. Um, George Sr. would probably try to throw everybody else off the boat and keep it all for himself. True. You have to keep him anyway. So I would keep. I would. I would lose Buster, especially since he'd probably stick his hook through the bottom of the boat oh. and put a hole in it and sink everybody. Now, when uh, Buster was dating Liza Minnelli, <laughs> it was. I'm actually was watching that going. Why does Liza Minnelli let herself be treated that way? <laughs> She had vertigo, okay? And she... <laughs> it was really funny. All right, I'm going to do it now. Uh, Job gets saved right off the bat because it's the funniest thing that's ever happened. Uh, Tobias gets saved for doing Unmasked. That takes us down to uh, Buster and George Sr. Both needed on the show, so I'm forced to look into their past. Hey, now. Hank Kingsley saves... George Sr., Buster, into the water. Oh. Sorry. He's such a nice man. He's getting killed, Buster. Oddly, though, I have a feeling that he'll live. I just, it just <laughs> seems like he can't be killed. He's a survivor. Good. I mean, I was worried about him when he was in the Army. I didn't know if he was going to make it. Um, has Popcorn, ask if Popcorn seen the show. He has. Uh, Tom, I will not be using his vote today because not sure where we're going to put him. Relay that message. Got it. I know he's leaving early today, so that'll be nice. Uh, Tim, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yes, Ron. It's so hard to pick, but I would go George Sr. because he would actually trick everybody, and it would be his twin brother Oscar, and that's who would get thrown over. So George Sr. would. All right, that's him. a really good, but that's a really good angle on that. Uh, and normally, you, I hate the twin brother angle to any show. Uh, Buster and George Sr. By the way, seem to be the ones in the biggest amount of trouble. They're all so goddamn good. Well, they're trying their best. I can't wait for the show. And then they're supposed to make a movie after that? Mm, I'll believe it when I say it. I mean, it's been going on for like five years that I've been saying, oh, movie's coming soon. Movie's yeah, well, coming they, soon. Well, they got the next season together. That's fucking great. It, it's it's done. It's in the can. It's about to be streaming on Netflix in like two months or something. It's going to be May. like an episode on each character, right, basically? Yeah, they're going to catch up on the, on the characters since right. last we saw them. So I heard far. they would have done it uh, a long time ago, but the kid was the holdout. Sarah? Yeah. He's busy. Yeah. He's a movie star. This is his bread and butter. This is what made him. Nah, well, now he's got ham steak and he doesn't need bread and butter. Hey, Lorenzo, rolling in your benzo. What do you got for me? Yeah, uh, I was having a pretty good day and you guys just fucking ruined it. This is like Sophie's choice. There, yeah. there is no fucking choice and now I'm agonizing over this, this pick. I have no idea who to choose. And uh, You've got to choose. <laughs> You've got to choose. Do it. He's there's gone. a there's a meteor heading towards Earth, unless you make this choice. When's this released on Netflix? Uh, I don't think they, they they said it was like May 14th, like a month ago. And then they said no, that's not the date, but it's going to be around May. Is when is going to be the release day for a uh, new season of Rest Not soon. Yeah, two months. I'll watch it all at once. I'm not going to wait. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm that's the way I saw the show anyway. Exactly. Yeah. 
I saw it all just in one sitting. It's on a DVD. I just watched it through. Well, uh, Buster right now has got 47% of the vote. 47%. Damn, Buster. You know, I voted him out, too. What are you going to do? It's not an easy world for the gentle things. Not an easy world for the little things. Do you know what movie that's from, Hicks? No. Raising Arizona. Say it. That was Sway. Say goodbye to people. I hope in the new season they bring back uh, that black puppet of Job's. Love that guy. Hmm. Uh, John, you're on the Running Face Show. Guys, I know Buster's getting killed, but you got to save him. The third episode was the, one of the funniest parts when he goes on a whole tangent and swearing, and they beep it out for 30 seconds straight about how he's describing his mom. <laughs> and I would probably get rid of uh, George Sr. And when he would do stuff like, what do you think mom's doing right now? <laughs> exactly. So, so fucking funny. For a whole minute, and you, use your, you get to use your imagination to be sure he's saying things like, that fucking cunt who doesn't shut the hell up, that bitch. But it's just a constant beat for, I don't know, around 30 seconds. One of the funniest parts in the, the first season. Um, Dave, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, it's a good game, but I think you all overlook the best Arrested Development character of all time. Well, we're not saying every character had to go into it. We're saying these were the characters that were picked. We could have put fucking 12 names up there. We did not. It's the Bluth family. Come on. Fez is not put up to buy his funk. <laughs> Terry Funk's little brother. <laughs> it always gets back to wrestling for Fez. I can't believe Fez never seen Rest Development. He hasn't seen a lot of things. I, I understand like movies, but I think TV. He, he usually he'll. I think he's seen more TV than he has movies. Old TV. He watches the fucking reruns most of the time, and then wrestling, which is kind of a rerun. The angles are normally reruns. All right. What time do we have our guest coming in? About five minutes. And she's here. Yes. Well, I brought up the... You know, we ought to do a thing sometime where before the guest comes in, people get to win prizes by guessing who the guest is. Oh, nice. Uh, I brought up a movie, though, just moments ago. Raising Arizona. I could have said Crash. I could have said The Piano. I could have said Broadcast News. Holly Hunter is coming in. Oscar winner, Holly Hunter. That's pretty fucking cool. That is way cool, my friend. She's got a uh, a new show. This is going to be on the Sundance channel. And I told you I was been watching some of it. It's called Top of the Lake. Uh, it premieres Monday, March 18th, 9 o'clock on the Sundance channel. Can't recommend it enough. There is a character 
in this thing. This is mean fucking New Zealand guy that is going to be one of your all-time favorite characters. I'm he down. is the most batshit, scariest, uh, eat motherfuckers you've ever seen in your life. Oh, I can't wait to see this thing. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. he's just great. He's just great. I'm going to see if I can find his name on here. He's a Scottish guy. But he's a phenomenal actor. There's actually tons of great people in this, but... Uh, it's Jane Campion did this. Uh, I, I'm not sure which one of the guys' names it is, because I don't have the character name up against it uh, on the cast. I would know it if I saw it. Uh, but it is just a terrific... Uh, Terrific TV show. I've only seen the first three episodes, and I believe it's one of those things that there's only six or so altogether. Is it Al Parker? I don't know. Oh, you mean the character's name? Yeah. No. It begins with an M. Mitchum? Yeah. Thomas M. Wright. That's who plays uh, John L. Mitchum. No, I don't know if it's John L. Mitchum. Uh I'll have to look it up as we're going along. But it's really, really great. So Holly Hunter will be in just a couple of minutes. Okay. Uh, how you doing? You're on the Ryan Fest show. You, well, do we got you? Yeah, you here? Yeah, buddy, go ahead. Hey, uh, just talk about that uh, lifeboat again. you got to keep, uh, keep Buster, even though he's getting killed, because in the pilot we hear that he... Uh, he studied cartography, the charting of uncharted territories, so you know we got to keep him on the lifeboat. Yeah, that's really true. God damn it. Sorry, Pep, but I, I think we got to get rid of uh, George Sr. I mean, he's the oldest, and you got to keep Joe, but got to keep uh, Tobias. So I, I think George is the one that's got to go. Also, probably the smartest of the family. I mean, he's the one who built the Bluth Empire. Yeah, but, but also, he's ruthless. Just real ruthless. We also learned that Lucille was the brains, though, remember? In the, in the very end, we learned that Lucille was the brains. Mm. But it's the brains who put the brains up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He gives the ball out. Uh, hi, you're on the run of Fez show. Hi. I got to agree with Fez and throw Tobias off just because he's a gay guy who never had gay sex. Way to go, Fez. Right, well, luckily for us, he's not in the room right now. Or he'd be hurt. I think Tobias had gay sex at some point. He says he hasn't. Mm. And he's a never nude. Uh, all right, I brought up this is an Oscar winner and seriously one of uh, America's greatest actors of all time. She's in a brand new series called Top of the Lake. Uh, and I guarantee you've never seen anything like this before. It's harsh, it's beautiful, it's New Zealand drugs, murder, incest. It's oh, in fucking sane. Uh, huge violence. Um, Top of the Lake is coming out on the Sundance channel. Let's bring in Holly Hunter.
Top of the League premieres Monday, March 18th, 9 o'clock on the Sundance Channel. Holly Hunter, welcome to the show. It's great to see you. Nice to see you, too. I am trying to even explain uh, a little bit of this series to people because I've never seen anything like it. And how many episodes have you seen? I've seen three. Great. And Great. It, it's only how many altogether? Well, there's seven. There's seven. I have no idea where this is going to go. Great. And it is so tense, funny, strange, weird. I mean, it is. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. It's beauty up against this ugliness all the time. So, it, it, you know, one of the things that that um, as I was watching it too. It, that I didn't know when I read the script. I mean, I didn't fully feel it the way that that I feel it. It's so visceral. Is the the poison, mm -hmm. you know, that seeps into the beauty, like you said, the ugliness and the beauty, the beauty. But but the poison that is just so insidious, right? That just winds its way around the heart of the of the the story. And it's all generational. It's all very old poison. You know, what I mean, yes. it's poison that's in us. The things that we do to each other for years and years and years. And then also the thing that's so strange about it. It's this extreme masculinity and extreme femininity. Right. Yeah. Totally. I I, I felt that too. And I think you know Jane is so interested in kind of a matriarchal verse is a patriarchal I mean those two forces are semi set up against each other um, in 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 the movie right but at the same time they're they're drawn back to, to each other you know so it's this weird magnet thing was where they're pulled together they're and pushed up, yeah uh, and it's phenomenal and your character is the most mysterious of all because we're not exactly sure what brings people to her and how she even feels about it. Well, there's a real ambiguity mm -hmm. that, that is not really answered. Um, you know, uh, some things do remain a mystery. Mm -hmm. And, you know, regardless of whether you've watched one episode or all of them, you know, G.J. remains that way. Yeah. Uh, and it's almost like she sees everything for what it actually is. She yes. sees the pain. Uh, this pain that is, I guess, even, even part of the human existence, when you think about it. You know, this thing that we've done to each other uh, and that we continue to do to each other. But I, I love the fact that she's a leader who doesn't ask for it, that they ask her questions, that she's... She spits this stuff back at them that no one really wants to hear. Right. You know, there's nothing they really want from her, and yet they're drawn to her at the same time. She also seems like she's rocking Jane's hair. Was that done on purpose? Well, you know, Jane said, Holly, I want you to read the script. Um, uh, call me and tell me what you think afterwards. I want you to wear a long gray wig and be dressed in, like... Um, uh, tan colors. Uh, so I was like, oh, okay, cool, I'll read it. <laughs> <laughs> so Jane, from the beginning, had this idea of uh, G.J. kind of, you know, melding into the landscape with these colors, you know, just the mm -hmm. colors of the earth and with this long gray hair. And, it's, and when I decided to do the part, the, uh, Wild Horses couldn't drag me away from the idea of the long hair at one point we thought the wig might not work out and i was like no 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 
It's got to. Yeah, it has we, to be we, there. I have to have it because it was such a uh, it it was such a transformational. It was it offered me transportation. Mm-hmm. The wig. So you know, and I don't know if it's really like Jane. There was there's a lot of gray hair in the movie. Yeah. But I think Jane also really wanted to talk about where she is in her life mm-hmm. as a human being, you know, and and she felt that that's something that's not expressed that much and expressed in, in kind of in a, in a luxurious way. She got to stretch out, you know, with some of the things that she wanted to talk about, you know, at, at the women's camp you know, right? and through G.J., well, the women's camp to me is so easy, uh, interesting, because it's this thing about healing. Uh, and I also notice there's a lot of Americans there. There's a lot of Americans that are in that camp that are from the other side, because I do think that particularly our women go searching at a, uh, uh, at a, at a point, that there's almost a place like in American society of, okay, now... Where do we, you know, we put people as they start to move into stuff. We almost don't have it well, in our society. Yeah, anymore. I mean, our whole country was founded on go west. Right, so, go, yeah. keep going west, keep moving, moving. And that is a very big part of the American thing. But yeah. also the beauty of that area, and it's one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen, but brutal at the same time. It's like one of the most beautiful places that you're like, I don't know if I could stay there very long. I don't know <laughs> if I can be around that harshness for too long you know where a lake is so cold that you could die uh falling into it yeah um i i think that the 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 paradox of that is it it lives in jane Mm -hmm. you know i think she has a certain comfort level with everything that we're capable of and that's what she wants to talk about as a filmmaker you know and and i think that's why she likes fiction Mm -hmm. as opposed to telling you know, I mean, I think she she loved the whole idea of this being almost like reading a book, reading a novel, that right. kind of involvement with the psychological, um, the, the 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 intricacies that of 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 our brains, all the mysteries that are in Elizabeth Moss's character, that are in Peter Mullen's character. You know, and I loved that 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 the evil that is described in the story. You also see the humanity mm-hmm. that's that's you know hand in hand with it. Yeah, so absolutely. So in, in no way can you write off any character that you're confronted with, you know, in the you know in the case of of, of a pedophile who you meet. Right. There's a certain humanity that 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 manifests from that character that you're simply not expecting, and that's the beauty of. I think her her filmmaking. Well, there's almost like here's where it came from. So there's a responsibility of us all when you see the evil character and some of that might have come from his childhood, what happened with his own mother and on and on and on, is that we do these things and then the repercussions go on forever and ever and ever. Yes, like the ripples in the lake. Yeah, like the ripples in the lake, which is exactly what we're getting away from in American filmmaking. Like if you go out to an american film these days someone gets shot and we never see them again or a building goes down and we never see it again but the reality of it is of our real back to what we are storytelling is about healing it's about what happens to people and we've gotten away from that in hollywood uh films to a great deal well, it's going to be interesting to see you know what what happens you know we, we were uh, <sighs> I, you know, I don't know what the answers are. It's it's great that there's room 
for filmmakers to, to tell a story like this. Mm-hmm. Or And I worked with Terry Malick recently, and regardless of what you feel about Terry Malick, I'm grateful you know that that he's able to express himself in movies that are that are then seen and uh, right. But I mean, I think this is what's great about cable. It's is gotten it, stunning, right? We didn't expect this at all. You know, expectations are lowered mm-hmm. by cable because the 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 whole the 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 the. The ceiling of expectation is lowered because fewer people have to tune in in order for it to be a success. It doesn't have to be 23 million people that they get per week. To, you know, So then you have filmmakers like Jane who can start talking about the ripple. Well, I, what I love about it, though, is what you're saying is like, yeah, there might be less people, but the people that are going to be doing it will be fully invested now. We're not. That's exactly and right. then discussing it, because that's where I was on the first three episodes that I've seen. You watch it for uh, an hour and you're two hours talking about it. A day later, you come back to it again. And we've kind of that is what we like in w- with real storytelling you know yeah there's not a, there's there it's not obligatory storytelling you know with 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 what she's on about mm-hmm. and i mean that's what you're talking about just yeah. the, the lack of reflection and and the the lack of of uh of of humanity and resonance is 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 lacking in mm-hmm. so many movies that are being made. Well, we've we've lost our way, I think. With you know, but don't you also? But don't you yeah. think that television kind of brings that back now? Uh, the right cable now, is it so is expansive more than ever. I, I feel like that 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 a lot of cable stories are being made explicitly for adults. Mm-hmm. You know, the the viewership is they're they're only going for uh, adults. You know, people who are intelligent people. Don't you think? No, I absolutely think that that's happened in the last couple of years. And we're discussing TV shows instead of movies. Movies, you, yeah. you we just go and see. There's something shiny pops up. There's some explosions. And then we're like, okay, now it's back to real life. So what do you think is going to happen? I well, mean, where do you think it's going to go? I think uh, that we as we break off almost tribally to get back to the kind of films that we like, the kind of films that were being made in the 90s are now being made as TV shows. That what what, what you guys did with, uh, with Top of the Lake would have been a movie if this was, you know, 1994. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe it's because people don't live the, leave the house, or maybe we even want longer time to stay with some of these characters. You know, maybe an hour and a half would not be enough time. Well, it's interesting that Bergman made you know uh, scenes from a marriage for for television. You know, I mean, yeah, it, there's been there's been a few people who have kind of hinted at, and I understand that Bergman really loved Dallas. The TV show Dallas. Huge fan of Dallas. That's really I'm, strange. I'm I'd never sure heard I'm right that. about this. It yeah. was Dallas that he loved. But anyway, I mean, we've always had a love affair with with serial television. But mm-hmm. this is this is different. Yeah. The, the way the, the way things are shaping up now is is different. Well, I you know the the 
the thing that we're doing with TV now is you don't have to love every character. Back in the 70s and 80s, you had to feel like, oh, I'm following that guy and he's never going but to let movies. me down. But not in movies. In movies, we were the opposite. You the know? anti-hero. Yeah, we had the anti-hero. Now the anti-hero is showing up on TV shows. All over and, the place. And comic book characters are literally our movies. Yeah, you know? it's maybe, it's, maybe it's smart not to just fight it and just go, you know, kind of follow it around. Uh, any which way that it goes, but it's got to be interesting for you to be working in some of these areas now. Well, I mean, you know, for me, I, I, uh, and that was one of the things that I loved about working with Jane is Jane didn't really recognize us as television. Mm -hmm. She didn't. She didn't shift anything. She, it was she was making a movie, right? And it only felt like that when I was working with her. In no way did it feel feel any. She made no adjustments that I could see. For television. Um, and I've done a television series, and mm -hmm. it did feel very different. It felt like TV. Because you were moving with the wind in your hair. You were going so fast. Um, Jane didn't. She, she could have, you know, the, the, there, was, there was a, there was, a um, there was room made mm -hmm. for Jane to shoot the way that she wanted to shoot. But I think that's going to happen more and more with, with television. You, you met her when? Back in the early 90s or... Yeah, in 91. In 91, and now this we're over 20 years yeah. in this relationship. What kind of pulls an actor and a director together like that? What no. keeps you back? You never can tell, huh? Well, I, I, you know, it was, it was... I read the character in the piano, and I said, you know, that's, that's for me. I want to do that. I, yeah. I, I can I can be her. I know it. And Jane said, really? I, I don't think so. <laughs> and I said, well, could I come in? And she was like, yes. And the, the yes thing of Jane is what separates her from many people. Because she didn't see me. She didn't see Elizabeth Moss as being the lead in Top of the Lake. Right. But Elizabeth did. And so Jane said, oh, okay. Well, let's hang out. Come in and spend some time. You know, and Elizabeth said yes. And Jane, a lot of people say no. Mm -hmm. You're not what we're thinking of, but no. And and so that's that's that. I tend to, I got to go towards the, the you know, Y-E-S. Well, that's the funny thing, too. We were just talking about feminine energy and masculine energy, and it is completely different, where it seems like a man wants to go, relax, I'm in charge of this it's going to be okay and women to me have always had more of that teamwork like this thing is evolving this thing is moving totally true. yeah and it's not saying that one is necessarily better than the other well, i think you need both yeah you have it's, to it's it's imperative somebody has to be in charge but it can't always just be that one person's and you can be in charge in different ways you know mm -hmm. i mean i think a, a female way of being in charge is really interesting and a male way of being in charge i mean you got to have both mm -hmm. it it's not ex you know one doesn't exclude uh this is people from all over the world have come to this one spot and i, I imagine the series is playing all over the world yeah. as well so yeah. when when you're making this who are you thinking about the audience no, very, no, no. never never no. never do you do that no i don't even know what that is there are a lot of people who do that mm -hmm. let them right you know they're they're taking up all that space good <laughs> well, you started in the theater here in New York, right? Is where you yeah. first started. So when you worked in theater, did you think 
about the audience, or was it just you focusing on only that the they story? could hear me? Yeah, you know, uh, the communication was all. You know, is it clear? But but then beyond that, uh, otherwise, I think the erosion is really um, po- that's poisonous. That's when you get the obligatory stuff. You know, that's when you get the formulaic. And Mm -hmm. nothing is going to be specific. Nothing is going to be coming from an individual. It's going to be a bureaucratic arrival. So I think that's, like, not what I want. Well, it is somewhat dangerous to kind of give people what they want, correct? I mean, in in the case of this, Top of the Lake, it certainly wasn't anything. Nina Nina Simone said, you know, if you give people what they want, you got nothing left. You got nothing at all. And they don't know what they want because it's only what they've had before, which is always the problem in trying to tell stories. If you show up, you weren't going to think to yourself as an audience member, I'd like to see something like Top of the Lake because you weren't going to think about these things. And this is what's cool about Sundance Channel. Yeah. Is Jane says, what about this thing? I've got this idea. I want to do And they're like, yes. We want, you know, they wanted, they wanted to work with her. Mm-hmm. They wanted to be a partner with her. Um, and that's where you get original stuff, is faith from the money people. And they're able to give her that because of the work that she's done uh-huh. le- leading up to this point, and the fact that she can bring in all kinds of great people. Uh, yeah, who are and ready trust to be her. Part of this. Trust her with casting. Trust her with you know building the thing from the ground up. Mm-hmm. What was it that drew you into acting in the first place? That when you said this is something I want to spend the rest of my life doing. I think you know I was on stage in a, in a in a musical in high school, and I just felt a full you know hookup mm-hmm. just a full hookup with the audience when I'm, well, that's addicting right i like that you know so it was simple it was very simple and it's always interesting that a kid could make that decision and now here you are still following that path many years later you know well the connections the connections powerful yeah you know and i think in a way that, that of course that's what we all want we want to connect and we're afraid of connect, connecting. I mean, the, the duality of that, the, you know, the right. repulsion and the attraction that you were just talking about with, with Jane, with men and women, is the same thing with communication. You want it, and you're scared of it, and you hate it, and you, you've got to do it. And the, the obligation and the, the, the habitual kind of, this is why people seek out religion is why people go to shrinks you know to figure out how to get along in the world you know and it's tough it's constant it's constant throughout our lifetimes and it's really rarely even talked about you know yeah it's really rarely talked about except on the on just on the surface and and, you know but it's but it is talked about a lot and in great depth Mm -hmm. in fiction in fiction people will take the leap you know, writers, novelists, you know, that's why I think it's sometimes unfortunate that the whole thing has gone into autobiography. I mean, right. fiction is where you can, you know, jump off the edge. You know, what what are we capable of? What would I like to do that I don't that I can't? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, all uh, that's that's what keeps us. I, I think that's what keeps us um, square. You know, that's what keeps us, um, uh, you know, pointed in the right direction. 
And through fiction, through novels and stuff like that, we can have the courage to do the things, or even the language to do the things yeah. that maybe we can't sit down and do with, with each other. Because it is strange that as close as you can be to people, sometimes you can't tell them that one thing. And that goes back to the story that that can go on for a lifetime. Yeah. You know, that can just go on for many lifetimes. My mother did this, so I, I mean, the, it the, must be right. You know, you could say that Top of the Lake is, is about secrets. Yeah. And that would be a real motivating through line um, for, the, for, the, for the entire piece. And secrets in so many ways of, of who we are. Because if you think about it, that's the things that we cherish the most. Even the bad stuff. That's the stuff that we really take care of. It's uh, an that's amazing... Great yeah, great point. It's an amazing uh, thing to see this on TV. Uh, great, and it's great It's interesting cast. what people choose, what secrets people choose to protect through the course of their lives, you know, and what the protection of that costs them. You right. Know, um, and you see that, you know, from World War II veterans. Sure. Were, you know, doing things in, th in, in, the, in the war that are, you know, still, they may be 95 years old now, but everything is, is top secret until their death. You yeah. Know? And it wrecks the lives of their kids and their spouses, you know, the, the protection of that. Well, so many times we let that young person, that immature person, make the decision, and then we carry it out for them. Right. So I, I remember one time I went back to uh, my brother, and I brought something up that it hurt me really bad, and I had kept forever. And I finally had this showdown with him. He was like, I was just a kid too, dude. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I had held on to this pain until I thought, yeah, I guess you were only about 12 or 13, you know what I mean? It was just something that I didn't feel accepted with him. But the second that he was able to say, yeah, I guess that was fucked up, but I was just a kid. But he did. Yeah, he did. Well, and that that's important. That dropped everything. Well, yeah, that drained it yeah. of its potency, you know. Well, I guarantee you that he wasn't holding on to it or thinking it was a big deal or whatever, because that's a lot of the stuff I think that we do when we think we're bullied as a kid and we were humiliated. The bully very rarely remembers it the bully has very little connection to it and now here the you know the victim carries it around yes uh, uh and so much of the stuff that we considered to be victims whether it was you know whether we were hit or it was a sexual thing it was all judge and jury was done by a little tiny kid most of the time yes and maybe through art we can get some of this out. I could talk about this forever, and I, I'm so glad that people are going to get the chance to see Top of the Lake now, because I think it's going to bring up a lot of great conversations. And I'm glad I get to say the, the, the chance to say to you, thank you so much for all your work. You've done such great stuff for so many years. Thank you. Whether it's funny or crazy and out there, it's just one after the other. But thank you so much, Holly. Thanks. And thank I hope you. to see you next time coming through.
ordinary girl You may kill me now And you may hurt me so But I will haunt you till the end is night And you may hunt me down And you may turn me cold But I will haunt you till the day you The curse of the bad razor blades is over thanks to Dollar Shave Club. No more running out of razor blades. No more having a bad shave because you've got an old razor that you're using. And no more spending $40, $50 a month to make sure that you have razors where you're being overcharged by the brand names. This is what Dollar Shave Club is all about. Dollar Shave Club for just a couple bucks a month. You go there, you sign up, and you're always going to have plenty of razors. They get shipped right to your door each and every month. You're never without razors again. You're always going to have a good clean shave with good quality razors that aren't overcharging you. You're getting good razors that are getting the job done. And that's with Dollar Shave Club. Dollar Shave Club, they got different packages you can choose from. Go to dollarshaveclub.com. Sign up today. Start getting your razors delivered to you so you always have a great fresh shave. It's Dollar Shave Club. Dollarshaveclub.com. The smarter way to shave. Dollar Shave Club.com. Oh, I can ever be to you. It's a darnest step we know. And this regret I got accustomed to. Once it was the ride, when we were at our height, waiting for you in the hotel at night. I knew I had him at my match. But every moment we get snatched, I don't know why I got so attached. It's my responsibility. You don't own nothing to me But to walk away I have no capacity He walks away The sun goes down He takes the day But I'm grown And in your way In this blue shade My tears dry on their own I don't understand It's the Ron Fez Show Chris Stanley, when uh, Top of the Lake uh, comes out, can we count on you? Yeah, I'm in. Because I need someone to discuss this show with. Sounds fucking awesome. At length. Yeah, I'm in. Right now, I just have my best friend, Holly Hunter. But... That's pretty cool. She's in it. We actually ended up talking a long time after with our disgust of 
where movies are compared to the way they used to be, and where do we think this is all going. It is weird how many shows now, how many cable shows are being done by like great filmmakers instead of those great filmmakers making movies. I think it's great. I don't know. I don't know whether it's better or worse. I can't make up my mind. I cannot make up my mind. I know I miss uh, always feeling like there was some movie out to see. And I know the kids want to see Oz. I know that that did a ton of business. And I was talking to uh, Spencer about it. And Spencer going, visually, it was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Uh, story, not so much. And I'm like, uh, I think I want some, you know, I'd rather see a good story. I want to care about Oz. I just feel like in the case of so many of these things, it just keeps being this, I saw something before and I want to see it again. Like people acting like they can't wait to see Harrison Ford in the Star Wars again. And you're like, they haven't even written a part for him. They're just saying, if you come back, we'll make something up later. You know, it's like the exact opposite of way things should be going. It's almost like, hey, we found out that we can uh, get an airplane, so we ought to write it into the movie. You know that shit never works out. Well, there's, there's like no like uh, art involved. Because right, as right now, Disney paid $4 billion, whatever it is, so they only care about They have to money. get that money back. Yeah, they, that's oh, this is just a business. Star Wars is straight fucking fucking business like there's nothing they don't give a fuck they just want to make sure what's going to get people into the movie immediately but here's the question was it ever art or was it a business right from the beginning did george lucas just think from early on how can i sell fucking toys i think a business right from the beginning because that he was like the first one to say all right here's a merchandise line to go along with my film right but the kids weren't there for the business, were they? Or does it not matter to the kids? At first, it, it was the first three, or even let's just say the first, the first one, the Star Wars in the seventies. That was him doing what he wanted to do. I don't think he was just mainly looking to make money. I, I, what do you say to Fez's thing that he came up with the merchandising right after that? He, didn't know he knew kids. Music. He knew kids would want to buy toys. Yeah. But he didn't know if they were going to go to this movie to see this movie and then go buy the toys. He, that, it was a gamble. Maybe he was thrown in at the point where the movie was made and he still like, all right, maybe I can make a little more money off this. But the conception of Star Wars, of him writing, of him building this, I think that was, that was his But look passion. now. Now we're at the point where they put out a movie called G.I. Joe. That's fucking ridiculous. Transformers. And they've got big stars in those movies. They've got big stars going down there, basically doing a long-form commercial for kids. They, they don't want to fuck... Well, because it has a past. G.I. Joe was really popular in whatever, the 80s, the cartoon, the toys, or whatever. So, yeah, they, they well, know. Well, that's where I feel like uh, I'm definitely part of the problem. I'm such a nostalgic person that when you do something like Oz or G.I. Joe, something from a childhood... Did you go to Oz? No, I haven't seen it. I wanted to. Well, but wouldn't that ruin your nostalgia? Yes, it always does, because you're always disappointed in the new thing, like the new Star Wars. But was your childhood so great that you've been holding on to it this long? Um, no, I just really, like, the things that I really liked, 
I really, really liked. Like, uh, I would have no, loved it when I was a kid if there was wrestling figures when I was a kid. That's not what we're talking about. What was it about you seeing Wizard of Oz that would be so much better than you seeing a new movie now? You know what I mean? I think it was just the excitement of seeing it, and you want to try to recapture that excitement. But see, the excitement was a young kid who did not hate life. That's the thing. It had nothing to do with the outside thing. You would have liked The Wizard of Oz. You probably would have liked just about anything because you were a young kid and happy to be excited about stuff. There's no reason that you couldn't have felt that same way about that Ang Lee film this year. You just didn't go to it. Or you just wouldn't have uh, felt it from the uh, beginning. Now, I saw Star Wars in the 70s. I loved the first one. Uh, I saw Jaws. I loved it. But I didn't feel the need to go out and buy toys or try to recreate that feeling. I kind of went off to find new feelings. That's the difference, I think. I don't think that I need a toy to remember, to remind me that when I showed up... I remember the first time I saw Star Wars, I'm like, oh, this is fucking really fun. And then I came back with someone to say, you got to see this uh, science fiction film? And there was, like, long lines forever. But when I first rolled up to it, nobody in my neighborhood was catching into the hype at the very, you know, opening days. And then after that, they fucking exploded on it once the word got out. You never have that kind of, hey, this thing is rising. It's like they push the hype on you now. It's it's some, actually it's always like a surprise of a film like Avatar did it, where it it's, keeps making money also along the way. He's been the last guys. But if you really think about it, it's more likely it's a movie like Juno that... You know, was only supposed to make five million and made a hundred million. You know what I mean? Like, only now do small films. They're never going to roll out a small, a large film. Small. This fucking new Wizard of Oz costs two hundred and fifty million dollars to make. Jesus. Probably more than that to uh, market. So you've got to make a billion dollars. Um, Here's uh, RJ in Alabama. You're on the Run of Fest show. Uh, hey, boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I'm with Ron there. I, uh, I'm i 43, so I saw Star Wars in the theater when it first came out, and uh, it was great. And uh, I, But I don't remember as a child ever having any toys that were Star Wars toys, and I can't remember really when they came out, uh, you know, after the film, but... You certainly know it now. I mean, they're almost, uh, you know, it's very, you know, contrived as to when the merchandise comes out in the movie. So I'd be curious to know when those first little action figures, the Millennium Falcon and all that stuff came out after the movie, which was, I guess, 77-ish? Yeah. Anyway. It was about that. Um, yeah, I don't. I think they were out pretty much the same time and selling out incredibly quick. But the weird thing is, like, you don't look at the toy and have it rem remind you of the movie. It doesn't. Doesn't look like the movie. Doesn't feel like it. It's just like you can own something. Um, I don't know. I don't get it overall. But I know it exists. I just don't happen to share in it. But I know a lot of people feel the same way. With Oz, they put spent about seventy million dollars on um, marketing it. 
this he did. So we're up to a third of a billion dollars. If just just for one weekend. Because that, that first weekend really is all anyone gives a shit about. For any like major release. If if then they have all their and they know exactly how much money it's gonna make too on fucking Friday, which is really weird. Yeah, they see those numbers and they figure um this is how many we got in, so this is the way the numbers follow and that. All right, we got another thing at the end of the show yesterday, Hicks, that yeah. you said that you believe in psychics. Yeah, there's some, there's psychics, there's some humans out there that have some power of precognition. When did you first start to believe in psychics? Maybe, like, I think probably in high school, there mm-hmm. was there was there was a friend of mine that went to a psychic, and the psychic would tell people, would tell the, the person, her and her family things that came true like where like their father died or whatever and the, the and they couldn't find like certain papers or whatever and the psychic was able to tell them where this shit was and how can they do that i feel it's this sounds crazy but it's a maybe a sixth sense type thing maybe a new kind of evolution in the mind of human beings so not that's not like it's fucking widely like that like everyone can do it obviously just some right. strength some DNA strand whatever. Here's what I would have this would make me believe in a psychic and I would have no problem with it. If a psychic said when the Ravens won in 2000 uh this is going to happen again in a mere 12 years. Um and a Flacco shall lead them. You know what I mean? Like, something like that. Like, let me tell you something. In 1992, no psychic was predicting we'd have a black president by 2008. You would have called that person a fucking lunatic. There's nobody that would have went out like that. Now we all see it as natural, blah, blah, blah. But it's really weird. They showed Obama... There's some like uh, thing back in like 2007 flying into, um, and now 2007. Me and you already know each other. It's not that long ago. <laughs> He's flying coach into Iowa. He's fucking carrying his own bag. Yeah. You know, nobody saw this coming. Nobody at all. So those were the kind of things that you think a psychic would bring up. But beyond that, how would it work? How would someone be able to see the future if the future hasn't happened? I feel that they can tap into something that can point them in the right direction of how events are going to happen. And that it's a natural ability that I think can be honed to get more specific, to say something like Flacco is going to win the fucking, some guy named Flacco is going to fucking quarterback the Falcons to win 2012. But see, here's the thing. Uh, Gamblers do work on stuff like that. They don't call themselves psychic. They're playing every angle they can. Probabilities. Yeah, they're playing probabilities. Wall Street guys play probabilities. It doesn't make you a psychic. Um, You wouldn't walk up to a Wall Street guy and say, uh, how's my grandfather doing in heaven? He wouldn't be able to answer that for you. No. So there's a very big difference between psychics and people playing probabilities. I totally get probabilities. I mean, if you had me guess who was going to be uh, RPD in two months from now, I'd be willing to put money down 
on who would do it. But that, but I would not think that I had psychic abilities. I picked the Ravens in the Super Bowl last year. Had nothing to do with psychic ability. A psychic ability would mean that it had already happened. Yeah, that they know what's going. To, they, and I think some some people who have psychic ability know something is going to happen. But if that was true, right? Yeah. It would mean that it already happened there, and we would be living in the past. The psychic is living in their own past. Because they, they've already seen what's going to happen for whatever whatever person that comes into their shop. Okay. Let's suppose this, then. Yeah. Uh, you look at time like it's just this flat table. Here's the past... Here's the future. We can't see each other, right? No, because we're on the... Yeah, we're on different fucking lines of it. But it it would kind of mean that the past, present, and future all existed at the same time, right? Mm -hmm. There would be no way that we could change that then. To change the future would be just as difficult as changing the past. Well, they're not changing the future. They're just pointing. They're telling someone this is what you should do in the future. But it would give me no. It would mean not only did the future already happen, so but so did every line in between now and the future. Them telling me what to do helps me zero. There would all. Uh, I would put it this way: we would have no free will. If there was already, if the future yeah. was already done. You and I don't have free will. We're just being pushed out there as if we were cartoon figures forced to do the things that were already out there. Well, because the psychic is telling this person what's happened to do something in the future, they, they've they already experienced. They, they, it's already been experienced. They've already done it. And they've already done it because the psychic told them to. So it's all part of the same line, including the psychic telling the person to do something in the future. Um, here's John. John, uh, you're on the run of Fez show. Okay, um, if people can tell the future, then I guess animals can tell the future, too, because when, uh, that big tsunami hit a couple years back, um, they said that the elephants and all the animals and stuff were actually heading further up into the hills before well, the tsunami actually hit. Now, first of all, A, that was bullshit. Uh, there's not elephants running around in that part of the world. But also, that was one of those things that came out, and we found out later there was no scientific proof to that, that no one was heading for the hills. But B, just because they can sense, let's say, weather uh, patterns before us. And by the way, there are native people were able to sense the weather patterns better than us, too. And why is that, Fuzz? Um, I would say just more in tune with where they li- the nature of where they live. Well, yeah, okay. I guess I guess you could put it that way. In other words, they paid attention to it. They weren't somehow more in tuned through some skill that we don't have. But as soon as we got weather reports, we stopped looking to see moss on the tree and the way the leaves were fucking turning because it served us no purpose. We already had a weatherman. That was going to do all that work for us. Just in the same way that our our abilities to retain information are going to get worse because we're going to have Wikipedia right on our phone and we won't have to sit around and think of dates. We'll be able to look them up. Trivia is just all bullshit now. Trivia is bullshit. Well, no, it is because you can find any answers on a fucking cell phone. And how does that make it bullshit? 
because you don't need to actually know the. Tr- you don't have to study the tri- study things to be good at trivia. You can, you can just have access to a fucking screen that you can type questions into that will give you answers. Um, all right, so let me say, ask you this: If you see dark clouds, right? Yeah, and you say a rain's coming, yeah. does that make you psychic? No, you're just observing weather and then and saying something that's probably going to happen. All right, so what does a psychic do that we don't do? What does a psychic do? A psychic can tell you to be at a certain place at a certain time to, for some that something good could possibly happen. I get that, but how do they get that message? Through a they're getting that information, that sense of what to do in the future from another place. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe it's something as human beings we can't detect or understand yet. And maybe some people are more in tune to gain that information, i.e. a psychic. Mm. I will only tell you, I've never met a psychic that wasn't a carny. I know. A lot of them are carny-like and scam people. Not only that, but sometimes they do straight tricks. Well, I go, some of my stuff is a trick, and other stuff I'm actually getting. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Well, how would this work with a psychic, Chris? If, like, let's say a psychic said, alright, you're supposed to be with a certain person, and you're with another person at that moment. You're gonna end up with this other person. That's the true love of your life. Okay. Could you just immediately break up with the person you're with and go running to the new person and say, hey, we're supposed to be together? Or does it all have to play out down this timeline? See, that doesn't... First of all, you're asking him what he should do if a psychic tells him. Uh, That would be up to Chris. That has nothing to do... That would just be Chris being whatever kind of mark he'd want to be. The real questions are, how do psychics do this? Because if they do it, it can be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it if it can be learned, it can be taught. And why aren't psychics trying to teach us how to be psychics? See, I don't think it's learned. I think it's born like it's it's natural, right? If you're born it's you're born with this fucking extra sense or ability or whatever the fuck you want to call it and that that's just that you become this conduit air quotes for for being able to tell what's going to happen in the future in some sense. And that that's not something you can teach. That's something that that's just an ability you have. It's nature. It's not a craft. Um here is Tyler. You're on the run of Fest show. Hey buddies. Yeah. I read about a girl who was a grade schooler and learned about tsunamis and saved her family because she recognized the sign. She wasn't psychic. She just interpreted what was happening around her. Mm-hmm. And, and by, by the way, now everyone will, when they see that, uh, you know, tide go out like that. People won't be sitting around flat-footed because we've all been taught the same thing as this little girl was. Exactly. Yeah. Start freak out time. Get the fuck off the beach. Yeah. So yeah, that's actual information. It was learned. It could be taught. Um, here's uh, Joe. Joe, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey 
guys. Uh, I think we would have the answer. I don't think it would be so ambiguous. Uh, if, if that, if, you know, if there was somebody with that ability, I think they could obviously prove it. It wouldn't be so cloudy. Just like UFO uh, sightings, uh, it just seems like there would be a clear yes or no. You know? Um, yeah, I think that it would be the easiest thing in the world to prove if you were a psychic. Simply just on one year's of bets. Yeah. The Ravens would have gotten you large fucking money. And then they'd say, well, I can't do it for personal gain. What What else works that way that you can't do it for personal gain? I feel that real psychics do do it for personal gain. Um, here's uh, Todd. You're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, hey, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a pretty devout Christian, and I believe God doesn't even know the future because uh, the future doesn't exist. There's nothing to know. Well, you're you're to me, you and and Hicks are on the same exact wavelength, where you're believing something that you couldn't even possibly begin to comprehend. So you believing what uh, or knowing what God would believe is I would actually even say larger than the craziness of Hicks trying to defend psychics. Well, I believe in God, but I believe that there's nothing to know about the future because it hasn't... Yeah, but you missed my point. The fact that the way that you're saying you would know what God would think would be such a leap ahead. Um, I mean, I guarantee you, in terms of it, a flea would have a better chance of figuring out calculus than you would know what God would think. It's a shorter distance to a flea to figure out calculus than what a human would be able to think of the creator of all that is. If there is a God, there's no comprehension that we would have for it. And wouldn't the guy be omniscient, which means all-knowing, right? I mean, I feel Well, like you always hear, if something bad happens, you always hear a lot of Christians say, well, God has a plan for everyone, and that this is part of a plan. I think that that's said, not based on any kind of belief and study, but because it makes people feel better right now. Just like saying, your baby's in heaven. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. That we say things to be kind and nice. Um... I get that completely, but again, I'll, I'll put that over where Hicks going, uh, where you tried to bring up the X Men or whatever. Um, X Men here. Let's go over to uh, Dave. Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, how's it going, fellas? Yeah. Um, what about like the show, like a Long Island Medium? Where I guess, I guess it's not that she's predicting the future. I guess that's not really what she does, but she'll say things that. I mean, I guess it could be a work, but it just seems, uh, you know, the people's reaction is more, you know, surprised, uh, you know, when she pulls these random facts out of the air. She's not really predicting the future, I suppose. Uh, I know Fez was, you were very affected by her one day, Fez. Oh, yeah, yeah. And she wasn't saying any future things to me. She was saying, like, past things that happened, like, right after my father died. Mm-hmm. But she was also, uh, I'll say that she was also, like, connecting to my father in the afterlife. And saying things like, he's really proud of you. And, he, you know, he wants you to know he loves you. You know, those things, I, um, I knew that before he died. 
So, but I mean, to send that message, I, I, I just don't believe in an afterlife. Well, you believed it that second, though. Yeah, there was a lot of things that when she was talking about uh, she saw trouble with a truck or a vehicle. After my father died. And that was absolutely true. There was who was going to get my dad's SUV. There was a lot of dispute about that between me and my brothers. Who got it? My little brother got it. Damn it. Always. He gets everything. Mm-hmm. Should have rocked that SUV, man. Road trip. Um, so, overall, you even though you believed in front of her that day... Then you decided later you didn't believe her. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I couldn't buy the afterlife part of it. But you were when she was sitting here. That's the thing. We only had her here that one day. You bought into it completely, and then she left, and you didn't buy in at all. I really wanted you to, you know, I brought you in so you could, but you were crying so much. Yeah, I was, it was just, it's emotional hearing things about my father still. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I do start crying, and I get sad missing him, and I want, I want so bad sometimes to be able to connect with him. And here's a woman who's telling me things that happen. And yeah, it really got me wound up. Uh, wound up meaning you were believing her? Yeah. And how long did it take you to stop believing? Like in uh, the next couple days. And you feel like you were talked out of believing with her? Um, Is that the pendulette stuff starting to come back into your head? Yeah, where that where I start to think about that and the atheism and that there's just no afterlife. Um, well, Ron, when when uh, when you were there and this was happening, did it seem like a work? I mean, did it seem like like a John Edwards thing where she just keeps throwing stuff out there until Fed says yes? I mean, isn't that uh, there? Uh, what other way is there to to do it? Scientifically, there can't be another way to do it other than people also want to connect with you, you know. Uh, when a guest comes in here, me and the guests are trying to find places that we can connect with each other, two strangers, to find themselves in a conversation and, you know, connecting. Now, I'm going to go out to dinner tonight with Holly Hunter oh, shit. Um, to keep this thing going. That's pretty cool. What do you got going? Probably Steak and Shake. Really? Yeah. I think she's pretty good. Where would you take her? I don't know. Some five-star restaurant. <laughs> That's all you can come up with, five-star. That's the name that you have. Um, here's Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. I, I just My perspective of it, let's say time is like a giant oak tree. And in different paths and different decisions make smaller branches and smaller branches. But somebody like Nostradamus could predict big events, which would be a big branch, which can't can't break off into a small into a in an easier, quicker direction. Um, but you know, if you look at his and, and others that really made uh, some of the great scholars that made real good predictions, you know. That's, that's kind of how I see it. It's kind of hard to explain things like like a mother's intuition, and, and there's that kind of sixth sense of knowing somebody else when you, you're, you're nowhere near them and could be hundreds of miles away. You know, it seems like. All right, well, well, let's you know, let's fucking play to that. And Fez, how well do you feel like you know me? I feel I know you very well. 
Could you predict the way I, what the things I'm be doing over the next 24 hours? Um, I would say you would probably. Be... No, I don't want you to do it out loud. Oh, okay. Do you feel that you could predict that? Yeah. In your mind, do you know where I'm whether I'm going out to dinner tonight or eating at home? Would you be able to make that prediction solidly? Yeah, I would be able to make that prediction. Um, would you be able to predict whether I'm going to go to a film or out on the street somewhere or watch TV tonight? I would feel confident in making those predictions. Do you think that he could uh, pull it off? Yes. Would you be able to know where I was going to dinner tonight? No, I would have no clue of that. Maybe I could get uh, like a neighborhood type of food I'd be eating. Yeah, yeah, I think I could predict that. All right, write it all down, and I will go out of my way not to do anything differently. Uh, Fez, I want you to write as many specifics down, okay, as you possibly can sure. of what I will be doing until the show tomorrow. Now you're somebody who knows me pretty well. This is quite the experiment. Yeah, and I'm not going, you know, whatever. We'll just see how close he can come with stuff. Uh, here is um, Mark. You're on the run of first show. Hey, Ronnie. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I went to see John Edward in the city, and I was skeptical, right? And he's reading this lady. And, and you know, the stuff with the first letter of the name, that obviously doesn't impress anybody. But he's reading this lady, and I'm a skeptic. And he goes... You buried a squirrel with your dad in the backyard two weeks before he died. And she's like, holy shit. Yes. I mean, there's no way. There's no way. Anybody I could give you that? one way right now, dude. How? Plant. What makes you think that people haven't been pre-interviewed? I mean, that would come out. You know, that'd be all over the internet if they're like, hey. It happens constantly. Everybody, churches do the pre interview gimmick all the time. Uh, the Tonight Show does a pre interview. The news does a pre interview. Something came out like he might he mic the audience or whatever during the. Yeah, I mean, and I'm not accusing John Edwards, but for you to say, hey, how could that happen? All you need to do is figure out how it could happen. There's tons of ways. Um, you could interview their friends. I mean, the fact that, this, and then for you to say, well, this has been out in the inter this would have been out all over the internet. The, people might not even know they've been pre-interviewed. Most people that I have a chance to talk to, uh, it would be easy enough to find out where they went to high school, uh, whether they're married, the names of their kids. I know, um, Hicks, you're up there in that, what is it, LiveLink? What is the one that they find out what kind of jobs that you want? Oh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. The Hicks is LinkedIn. And a lot of people can go there, find out his skills and qualifications. For instance, Hicks is adept at using a word processor. <laughs> um, Let's go over to Marshall in Texas. You're on the Renfest show. Hey, buddies. Um, yeah, Hicks is a real uh, workhorse for the show. Get it? Um, but when I first turned on the show today, he is just rambling and, and stumbling and bumbling. Right. Like a lunatic. I think he needs a break. 
He does. He's got a little vacation coming up. And I want you to spend as much of that resting as you can. I think the extra day of doing something with Dave is, you know, you're out there. You're six day a week working hard. You're a hard worker. I'm gravy is what I am. I'm yeah. liquid. liquid. You used gravy. to be meat. <laughs> but really, what makes the fucking meat taste so good? Gravy. Meat. <laughs> the gravy adds a lot of flavor. It's concentrated liquid flavor. You knew you need to do that when the meat is so bad that you don't have any. <laughs> a really a really good sign of bad meat is people are going you need to put the gravy on it. Regardless, gravy tastes good. Regardless. Fez is laughing right in your fucking yeah, I face. Know. I know. Um, bring in both your interns. Both of you, get in here. You know who I'm talking about. Matthew, ice, and popcorn. One of them I'll be putting in the chair for the rest of the show. Let me look it over. One of them is going to get mic time today. Hicks, which one do you think is more deserving? After this morning and these tweets, I think Matthew Ice is more deserving. I'm Sorry, dude, you're out. Matty Ice got the pick. Matthew Ice? That's a new one. Let him hear his theme song. Play it. When you hear Pepper talking about uh, believing in psychics, does it weird you out a little bit? It doesn't weird me out. Uh, I mean, I don't believe in it, but it doesn't really weird me out. Do you believe in God? Not really, no. Yeah, young people don't. Young people don't have any connection to religion. No reason why they should. They weren't raised in religion. They weren't um, brainwashed at a very early age. And it's not like it comes to a lot of people. I know giant parts of Europe, it's all atheism, and it's just dominating. And even, like, I think of most young people, yeah, they don't associate with anything. And they just, they're atheist or agnostic. What would you consider yourself? Agnostic. Because I believe in psychic powers and six <laughs> senses. And I... Well, you believe that there's more communication than we know. Yeah. Like, let's say, I think we've all had this experience before. We met someone whether it's male or female, that we said to ourselves, I like this person. And we've met other people. They haven't done anything else, and you all but hate them. But could that be based just on how they look a lot of the time? Like, it's just something you don't like about them that gives you that thought? Well, what I'm saying is, and I would agree with that, but there's more information that we're getting then we're conscious. Um. <clears throat> I mean, I, I'm, I'm all for science, and I loves it. But there's there's unex, unexplainable shit happens in the world. I, I mean, scientists will say that. that there, there's things that happen that they can't fucking explain. We have the psychic thing up to back you up the poll. What are the numbers on that right now, Chris? <clears throat> I'm going to look into this, see what people are thinking. 72% know what they don't exist. 18% most are frauds, but I believe some are real. And just under 10%, yes. Some in the minority. Whatever. 
whatever. Well, that still gives us almost 30% of the people who are somewhat open to your psychic thing, which is amazing to me. Ten, locking in on every single one. (laughs) Now, you know how when they go out there and they find out like a psychic is in town and bilking old people out of money and all kinds of stuff, and we want to put a stop to this? I never do. I'm always like, hey, fuck you, man. You fell for it. That's your thing. You Nigerian scammers with the emails? Yeah, I got no fucking... I got no feeling for them. Well, they never get their money back, right? I mean, it's always just gone forever. There's yeah. no one to fucking sue or fucking get back at. Whatever. They're done. Um, now, here is Ronnie in Texas. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, buddies. Yeah. Uh, the people like Nostradamus and the people that do the predictions... I bet you 90% of that is suggestion, 10% luck. Like, say, uh, Fezzi, I predict by Friday afternoon you're going to stub your toe on the carpet and almost bust your ass. Now, well, now, he does. I mean, he's, too late. He's, uh, yeah, he's actually got really weak fucking wheels. Nothing to do about that. Take that guy's number anyway, just in case he's right. Within a month, is Fez going to be in a relationship with anyone? No. No. Is Fez going to meet someone and make a bigger deal out of it than it actually is? Yes. Yeah. That that's is that psychic ability or just knowing this fucking rube? It's just knowing the person. Yeah. But psychics do it with complete strangers. <laughs> well, what you would do is Fez would be able to go. You'd say to Fez, "Well, how long you th- would take a fucking psychic to read Fez?" I mean. First of all, we've got... All you'd have to do is, right away like this, um, you've lost somebody uh, that you care about. Yes. Yes, now, very much. Now, did you see what he just did there? You've lost somebody that you care about. When he did it, uh, I'll do it with you. Hicks, have you lost somebody that you care about? Yeah. Okay. Now, I'm going to ask you, Matty. Did you see the difference between the way Fez answered me and the way Hicks answered yes. me? Yes. One of those went way down into it. One of those just felt the pain as he said yes. The other one put up his wall. So if I was out working people, I would go to Fez because he's more sensitive and self-involved than fucking Hicks is. Hicks, because of his New York thing, the wall goes up immediately. But Fez actually has a thing where he wants to be hugged. And that's a guy who wants to lose his fucking wallet. You know what I mean? When you look at he- when you look at Fez, he he's begging to be taken advantage of. And I'm not saying one's a bad thing, one isn't. But if you were going to play the, just like Fez decided after two days after, wait, that was bullshit. That is not going to help you if someone's trying to fucking move you away from your money. That's the guy who shows up at the fucking sheriff's office long after the wagon is left down. <laughs> so, yeah, I would work Fez first based on the fact that I know that he wants to connect. I know that he wants somebody to hear his problems. Like, And I gave out too much information. Like, I not didn't at just... all. You don't have to. You, it, there's no such thing. As too much or too little, what you just—it's not your place that you need to protect yourself. But I know that you've been uh, that there's somebody around that you want to be friends with, right? Right. Yeah. And what's going on with that? 
Um, right now it's just friends. It's uh, texting, emailing, lunch. Look how dull he gets and how he wants to tell the minute details. You know what I mean? Again, it, it doesn't say anything more than that's what his personality wants to do. He wants to connect and he wants... To, you almost want to ask a question of what I think about it. Right, yeah. Why is that? Um, I don't... Because it's all new to me and so... Yeah, it's uh, it's something new to me, so I never have anything new to report. Right. So it's almost like either bragging or bringing you good news or um, it's something new to talk about myself about. He loves to talk about himself. So it would be very easy to get him to start and fucking share things. Hicks, on the other hand, look at him. He's put a hat down. It's almost over his fucking eyes. Yeah. He looks like a second story man. I mean, why would you want to start work Hicks? I got no money to work either. It's yeah. like, uh, it's, these are fucking empty pockets. Yeah. Hey, oh, you're going to waste your afternoon on me. Um, here is uh, D. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey there. Um, how close is Fez to that character Christopher on, on uh, Shameless, you think? Yeah, I mean, there's, there. Believe me, it's the first thing that I thought of. You know, when they when they ran it this week, I'm like, there's exactly Fez. And uh, Gary. Yeah, well, Fez, you know, he's looking for some kind of connection. And you want to hear that you did good, right? Yeah. What is something that you feel like you've done good and you don't hear enough about it? Um. Wow. Uh, wow, n nothing really. No self-reflection at all, huh? No, no idea what you do on any given day. No, I know what I do, but nothing that I feel like should be complimented. Mm. All right, stand up. That's really good. No, again, how suggestible. What is he trying to get to with this when he already knows that it's going on and stay up stay up for a while to be able to play the whole thing out no there's no reason for him to stay up but he just wants to be told you know you're doing it and you are doing really good at this and you can see how happy that makes him well not if I shouldn't have stood up <laughs> no you of course should have stood up that means that you're very that you are into it where Chris on the other hand is all covered up um why does he fight it if he loves it so he doesn't <laughs> just you do but you think if you have the feeling that everyone does as a matter of fact that's your biggest shocking thing in the world when you find out that everyone doesn't feel like you that's why i'm always saying you have a black and white thing you know uh -huh. The election is over. Why aren't we all falling behind Obama? Someone got shot. Why aren't we all against guns? Uh, wrestling's on. Why would anybody be going out and on dates and stuff when we can watch wrestling? <clears throat> it's shocking to you that people feel the opposite way. Or you think that either you're wrong or or they're wrong. Right, yeah, that there's no in between. Why not? It just feels like things should be more definite. 
even though we got to that when, when he said there was no in-between, that was to try to connect to me, right? And then when I say, why not, you saw that he had no idea because he thought he was already done. So he went back to the first thing of, oh, because that, the first thing that you said. B but what he's trying to do is connect, not trying to even think outside it or do anything else. He just wants to be told, yeah, we're on the same page. We're on the same exact page. We're like Hicks over there is picking stuff up off him. He's glad to fucking be that guy that's not paying attention. I he doesn't give attention. a shit. All right, well, I found a white hair. Um, was it yours? Yeah, it was mine. Okay, well, you're elderly. <laughs> that's good for you to know. You know where he's giving you that white hair is that fucking kid of yours. <sighs> Something's got to be figured out about corn. Something's got to be figured out about you, dude. Oh, I'm fake. I'm I yeah. And when you when you call him corn, are you going with a, <laughs> a, a a a fucking backwards K? Yep. Okay. This is fucking late '90s rap rock corn. Um, Chris, Upper West Side, you're on the Run of Fest show. Yo, Hicks, you got hair like Gary Spivey, bro. Before That's true. Going here. The psychic Gary Spivey. <laughs> Go look that up. Uh, hey, Fezzi, have you ever thought about doing a dom school where you learn to be like a power top fucking brutal fuck machine? No, I've never considered going to a dom school. <laughs> <laughs> no, by the way, that Gary Spivey, that's his real hair. Doesn't look like it. No, it's like a fucking home. It's like he's in the Dallas fucking <laughs> Cowboys all the time. And he's a psychic. And he fucking works it constantly. I saw him doing, like, we were on the road places, and he was doing phone psychics. And it was always with the ladies. I feel like if he didn't have that on his head, he wouldn't be nearly as popular as he well, is. He feels the same way as you, dude. <laughs> he feels the same way as you. He, wasn't, he would never get rid of that. He wasn't an oompa Oh, there he helmet. is with fucking doves all around him. Oh, that's pretty cool. I like that. This should be the fucking screensaver for Has he given you a reason for that? I don't think so. Or is it just, <laughs> just, just who, he, who he is? Yeah. I don't know how he sleeps with that thing at night. It's like a giant pillow, I guess. I've never seen hair like it. I guess he's so psychic he can't stop it. <laughs> that, those are the powers coming out of his brain. Yeah, making it, forcing it to be that. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's real cool. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's time to psychic. Well, we used to have this other psychic on the radio, because when you were doing morning radio, if you have a psychic, your phones are just, your day's off. And people be, and she'd always go to people, what day were you born on? And she would have this book, and she would connect. Well, she brought psychic uh, Gary Spivey in with her, it's a friend, and he would just do it like, ha, you're going to go to, you know, he would do it a lot faster, <laughs> you know what I mean? So we keep the phones moving. So we just started to invite him back and not her. We're like, and she's like, what's the big deal? And I'm like, hey, you're flipping through your book. He's just yelling out lies immediately. <laughs> <laughs> on, point, on point with his lies. Mm -hmm. But it would always be like this. I see you making a lot of money and doing something. Does that make sense to you? I see yeah. you in Atlanta. Really? Uh, yeah, making a lot of money. Maybe I should move then. Cause I, 
I live are in you, Maine. Wait, do you like being near the water? Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I see you near the water, but in Atlanta. <laughs> so, so I'll be so rich, I'll have a pool? Probably a pool or a hot tub. You like being hot in a tub? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to get in a hot tub in Atlanta. Holy shit. It's always like, I never saw any, like, he would always be like, um, you're, you're real creative, you're going to come up with something good. Probably in Atlanta. <laughs> People always felt good. Uh, Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I'm like 20 minutes behind, so I haven't heard what was said, but I can give you kind of like a theor theoretical physics-based pseudoscience explanation for how psychic stuff could work. I would so, love to hear it. Okay, so one of the one of the many implications of quantum mechanics is that there's a certain kind of uh, randomness to the universe where very, very weird things happen on a minute level, you know. And one of the ex one of the explanations where people try to figure out, well, what does this actually mean in the real world is the many worlds theory where, you know, there's a world in which you wake up in the morning and you have cereal. There's another world where you wake up and you had eggs. There's another world where you woke up and just had bacon. There's a world where you woke up and just had, like, 100 ounces of filet mignon, you know. So... Basically, it goes that every single one of these scenarios actually happens. And the, at every moment in time, the universe is constantly branching off into every single possible variation. So everything that can happen is happening, you know. And, and it all turns out into separate universes. So the idea would be that somehow there are people... So okay, so this gets this gets past this gets us past the problem of well the future hasn't even happened yet. So if you take this theory of quantum mechanics to be the right theory, the un the future has actually happened. Every single possible variation has happened. So the question is which variation do we live in? You know, and then and then and then it becomes the problem that you have the leap is so how are these people tapping into? what variation has happened in this particular universe. And for that, I don't have an answer. But the, the question of, well, how do they know the future if it hasn't happened yet, the, the many worlds theory will explain that. Well, I would totally get that, but le let's do this. How does Chris Stanley wake up in the world that he hits the lottery and not the world that he steps in the puddle? Because they both exist tomorrow, right? Yeah. Both happen. Uh, they both happen. So it's going to happen to Chris Stanley in both of these worlds. How does this Chris Stanley get into the correct lottery world? I, I don't know. But Damn let me it. tell you this. I, spent, I once spent a weekend um, with this guy. It was at a wedding. It was one of these. I bet you did. <laughs> where where he was, he's, he's a mentalist. He was mm -hmm. one of the guests at the wedding. You know, a very high-paid guy who does these huge corporate gigs. You know, where he goes and he reads people's minds and he does all this crazy shit, you know. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a skeptical guy by nature. So, like, through the whole weekend, I'm calling him out on different tricks. Like, there's some stuff he did, that did where I could see strings and, you know, and I would call him out. And I would tell him, this, was, this is how you did it. And he said that thing to me that you were talking about where he's like, oh, yeah, some of my things are actually tricks and other things are real. You know, but he did a few weird things that I really had no explanation for. Like one of the things he did was we were at the in the hotel lobby. He goes behind the lobby. We were in Switzerland, you know. So it was all these foreign names to us. He's he's also an American. And he goes behind he goes to the guy at the desk at the lobby and asks them for their local white pages. He pulls out the book and hands it to me, tells me to go sit across the room, you know, and it was just me and this other girl. And this other girl didn't know him. You know, so 
we're across the room, we're about 40 feet away from him. And there's all these other wedding guests watching this take place. He, he was doing basic, doing tricks for us for the whole weekend. And he tells us, open up the book, go to a name, find the name, and just point at it. And then write the name on a piece of paper. And fold it up and, you know, put it on the table and just put something on top of it. So then, so we put, we did it. You know, the name, I, I'll remember it forever. It was, this was 10 years, it was like 15 years ago this happened. The, the name that we picked out was Fritz. And we wrote it down on a piece of paper. We folded it up. We put it under the thing. On the other side of the room, he wrote Fritz down on a piece of paper. He handed it to someone. They read it, and they brought it, and we put the things together, and they both said Fritz. It freaked me out. Another thing that he did was he, I kept pressing him, well, you know, if you can do this, well, then tell me something huge. Tell me something I can make money off of. Tell me something you can make money off of. And he said the same thing. I can't use it for personal gain. But one thing that he did tell me was in a couple years, something really big is going to happen in New York. And I'm like, this is total bullshit. Something big is always happening in New York. You know, you're not you're not doing anything by telling me something big is going to happen in New York. And then a couple years, less than a couple years after that 9-11 happened, and I still thought it was total bullshit, you know. But at that point, I'm thinking to myself, well, look, if you knew 9-11 was going to happen, you were either with these guys yeah, or but, yeah, you were yeah. um, you, have, you, you have a responsibility to shout out to the world, this thing is going to happen on this day. You yeah, know, because he doesn't have it. I mean, you made the connection something big to something else, and all. I mean, you could have evil said that. Hey, all of a sudden, the new Michael Jackson is going to come out. Something big, or they were going to get the Olympics. Something big. Uh, we do the work for him. You, you know, the the fact of the matter is, no one needs to do tricks if they really have powers. You're not half a magician and then actually half doing magic. That guy doesn't sound like a real psychic that he was talking to. Sounds like a magician to me. Oh, an illusionist. Illusionist. And those guys are great, by the way. The fucking close-up magicians are a ball. Oh, they're the shit. Mm-hmm. Um, here is uh, Daniel, Oklahoma. You're on the Runafest show. Hey, Ron. Uh, I just wanted to touch on the difference between agnostic and atheist. Um, theism or atheism has to do with belief, and uh, Gnosticism or agnosticism has to do with knowledge. So if you believe in God, but you're not sure that there is one, you can be an agnostic theist. The two things aren't, you know, it's not one or the other. Uh, what do you consider yourself, sir? I'm a, I'm a Gnostic atheist. There's no way in hell there's a God. Um, but then do you... Uh appreciate what Chris Stanley says, that there's still plenty of the mis- mysteries of the uh, universe that we haven't figured out yet. Oh, absolutely. There's all kinds of things we don't know, but yeah. because I don't know something doesn't mean that ghosts are real. So why does that make, why do you make this leap to there's so many things that we don't know, and yet you're able to shut out and say there's definitely not a God? Because... Um, we can only ever base our opinions on the knowledge that we have at the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm leaving the door open. If God comes down tomorrow and picks me up and takes me to heaven, I'll believe in him, and I'll tell everybody that there is one. But, you know, until he does, the, the world that I live in is indistinguishable from one in which there is no God. But why do so, you, yeah, why do you only have to know, knowing that you only have a very small amount of information, uh, then why do you have to make your decision? Um, I guess you don't necessarily have to make a decision, but at some point, I mean, if somebody asks you a question, do you believe or not? I mean, there's going to be an answer, either yes or no. You know, but what if you just say, look, I certainly don't believe in any religion, you know? 
I certainly don't believe in any religion that's been out yet, and I wouldn't be a follower of any of them. But at the same time, uh, uh, how the mystery of the universe uh, works is so up in the air. Just so up in the air. The fact that we're here at all, oh, that's weird. That's <laughs> fucking weird as shit. You read they found some fossils on some uh, meteorite? They think some fossils and some alien organisms. Do you read that? Let me guess in an English newspaper because I haven't seen it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, they're British. We have fossils on a meteorite. Yeah, and this is at the front page of the New York Times. Well, I'm my theory. Yeah, an alien planet exploded due to some you know whatever celestial problem, and then this is. It's. I'm guessing this thing's billions of years old, and you know this is just a piece that fucking randomly hit Earth, and that we're seeing like, you know, some ancient alien races microbes. That's my theory. Yeah, well, that would be the only theory that would be. <laughs> there wouldn't be anything else. Um, <laughs> that would mean. But what you are, if you were explaining it to me, it would be a proof of life on other planets. Oh, yeah. It would be the single biggest discovery, I think, in the history of science, and it would be the human history. But uh, history, if they, if they prove there was other fucking there was other aliens, there's yeah. aliens out there, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be about the biggest story. So the fact that it plays in England and not here, uh, surprise! Is this news of the world? You found this? <laughs> no. Where, where where did you find this? I I might have seen something something on it just really quickly, and it said that it might have just been something from the lake bed that the meteorite hit. Okay. I, I, I think, but don't <laughs> quote me on that one. But yeah, I feel fucking stupid now. <laughs> All right, let me give you my fucking theory of where life comes from. Well, no, it wouldn't be where life comes from. It's how life got here, right? Uh. I agree with your, there is some kind of little microbes or whatever on some of these meteorites. And they're cast out, millions and millions of them, uh, hitting planets until finally you get to a planet like ours, that is warm, close enough to the sun, the exact right properties, blah, blah, blah. And then it would take. And if you think about it the way the meteorites are like sperm, the planets are like eggs. Oh, shit. And if you go back to look how many sperm we're willing to put off on the off chance that only two, three times for all the fucking that you do, <laughs> you would have kids. And and life goes like this. Well worth it. Thank you. Success. So if you think of the meteorites as sperm, think of the planets as eggs. Yeah, the fact that they get occasional life. Yeah. But here's the weird thing. How is any of that set up? Why does life try so hard to exist even when humans have nothing to do with it? You'll find out these things that just want to exist over and over and over wherever we go on the planet somewhat like like a virus right that's what a virus does it just it just tries to it's what everything does yeah. there's nothing that doesn't want to exist well let me change that germans they seem to be kind of dark swedes another thing <laughs> Finns. yeah all right those kind of people they don't <laughs> seem to want to exist 
what their problem is. You know what their problem is. There's not enough fucking sun for those assholes. Those are the ones that, like, it's like 99% atheists in those countries. Oh, sure. They believe in nothing. I would believe in, z I would be believing less than nothing <laughs> if I grew up there. They fucking sit in the dark and eat elk fucking all day long. <laughs> they eat elk and they fucking just, they're sitting around going, I hope no one finds out I fucked my kids last winter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, everything is just so depressing. Um, the alien fossil story was in the mirror. Thank you. Okay, it's, it's not the worst publication. It's one scientist saying it, and other scientists are saying, these are the same algae fossils that we find on Earth. Well, just, you know, I want to be open to it. I want to say it. The Daily Mirror, breaking news stories. Uh, Alan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, your, your theory is actually scientifically backed. It's called panspermia, and it's been around for a couple of decades. Beautiful. Um, All right, lock that in. Panspermia is what I'm into. Give me some other things out there that'll blow my fucking mind. That's what I love to hear. I love. I don't want to do the work. I certainly don't want to learn math. I just want to get to the fucking juicy bits. Yeah, pan, pan, panspermia. Is the hypothesis that life exists throughout the universe distributed by meteoroids, asteroids, and planetoids? I love it. Send that to me. I'm going to be locked into this. And that's why a lot of fucking asteroids will try to pull out and just try to fucking <laughs> jizz all over the moon. Um, so the moon's still cratered, right? Here's Mark's got an interesting one. Yeah, those are meteor craters, yeah. Or little fucking batch stains. Mark, you're on the run of Fez show. Spinster. Yeah, I was watching this uh, show on Discovery where they said that uh, there's people that believe that uh, bubonic plague and cancer and HIV all came from meteors coming from space. Now they got this new meningitis. <laughs> Watley's trying to get fucking laid just as the meningitis fucking pandemic is going to come down. As another outbreak happens. Oh, you're a whole new thing. You taste cum and you'll be right there. You'll be right <laughs> I can't make it in today. Oh my God, it's meningitis. I'll fucking give a meningitis freak $20 to fuck Fez right now. Raw dog it. I know one thing. We don't have to break for a while. No, we, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. No, we, we, it's the opposite. <laughs> well, you didn't say anything. So we should break. Why? Why didn't you just tell me? We need to break. Need Why to wouldn't break you alert me? We need to. I'm, I'm, I am. How? I wrote you a note. I don't read. Oh, God. I had a problem. I never wanted to say so. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, I was thinking about popcorn, and I, I run a retail chain of about 15 stores, and whenever anybody misses this much, miss this much work, whether it's because they're sick or they have anxiety or whatever, it's one of two things, man. It's either because they're not into that job, they think they're smarter than the people that are running the show, or because they got substance abuse issues. It's that simple. You just don't miss work when it's important to you. You don't do it. Look, here's the other thing. If we were uh, doing construction work or something tough, I can definitely see, you know. You work in the shipyard, you try to get out of work. You work in radio where they're letting you do characters and you don't want to come running in here 
and fucking chase some opportunity that you're not going to get anywhere else. Like, uh, we already got this from Matty Ice. One out of six from his friends only got in here. But if he ended up on any other show, he wasn't going to get any mic time. At the very least, before he leaves here, he can pull break after break after break that now he can send out to people saying, this is me on a national radio show. Yeah, Dana, her first semester, she was on some other channel, and then she was literally on Facebook the entire time. And then we fucking pulled her in. What was she doing on Facebook for them? Nothing. She didn't have give her any work to do. She was just an intern who did nothing. That's why she once she we pull her in and help help out during our show when she, she wasn't even our intern. I have a friend at a different station. It's not here. He goes in for six hours, and all he does is is pull clips offline for six hours straight. That, that's it, over and over again. Maybe that's what you should be having your guys doing, pulling clips offline. Check out this internet. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be big, man. It's a fad. All right, no breaks now. <laughs> no, we, we, we need to break. Just all right, I'm going to break time. right now. But I don't like the idea of it. Guess who just texted me? Who? Holly Hunter. Oh, shit. What'd she have to say? Nice things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's real cool. Mm-hmm. So you guys going to steak, steak and shake, huh? Well, first I'm going to go out and get a haircut. All right. This is exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. My life is changing for the better. <laughs> no more. Fez and Chris Stanley. Oh. Right, Fez has been up that entire time, too. Have you noticed? <laughs> yes. Oh, fuck. Are you feeling yes. better with it, Fez? No, because now when I stand up, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> what? <sighs> exactly. Well, you go take a nice piss. I'll do that when we break. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Put on Fez show. You're enjoying the Ron and Fez show on Sirius XM's OB and Anthony channel. More in moments. Artist of the day, Amy Winehouse, or as we used to call her, Girl Popcorn. Oh man, it was so sad when Girl Popcorn died. Very disappointed Fez sat down after his pee, forgot what he was supposed to be doing, and didn't play it out for the rest of the show. Um, you get a blow average on it, Fez, but at least you were... The thing is, Fez is able to do when he's told what to do, but making up his own mind falls back into the same old patterns. So, we'll be now tough on everybody. Chris Stanley, what's going on in your uh, neck of the woods? How's the weather in your neck of the woods, oh, as we say on the Today Show? It's good. You know, it's temperate today. Uh, temperate? That's like in the middle, right? 
Yeah. Do you notice that it's fucking rainy and cold and ugly out there? I forgot that it was raining. This you morning. meant in here. You thought the weather in this room. <laughs> weather in this room is nice. It's about 70 degrees. It's as if the weather's being controlled. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking weird. Uh, How many days in a row are you going to wear that hoodie? Oh, I swear it every day. I know. I got. I got to do laundry. I got to shave. Yeah. I got to get my shit together. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fucking things are piling up, one after another. Drug companies mm -hmm. say they have. A, they're five years away from making a pill that's anti-aging that will allow you to live or humans to live 150 years old to make it to a buck fifty easy. And where are we going to put all these people? And who's going to pay for them now that Social Security will go on for almost 100 years? I think that things are going to have to change in those sectors of the planet. But other people are... I think it's, well, it's rich people are going to be able to fucking afford the anti-aging pills. I've gotten an idea that I would like to see this 150 years that you would live, but only give it to burn victims. So they would have to go on that long. Would you still retire at 65 or 70 at depends middle age? On, depends on what, that would be less than middle age, but it depends on what your body would do. But you're not staying 17 for, you know, 50 years. how much it stops your body and mind from aging. It, it, does it really, like, slow you down or does it just make you just, you, you just keep aging the same rate, you just get really, really old? And how would this be good if you do keep working, how's that going to be good for people coming out of college ready to work? And they're like, we would like to hire you here, but someone else has 80 years experience <laughs> in this, and we're going to have to go with them. No one realizes when they come up with something new how many new problems it starts. Scientists just like to play God, and th if this happens, this will lead to worldwide birth restrictions. Where fucking the entire world, people only have, they have like one child or something. I have no problems with worldwide birth restrictions, particularly in third world countries. Because they're having babies they can't feed or don't have the medicines for. And yet they feel like, this is great. I'm getting a big family. I make a dollar a day and we live here on this fucking mud hut. <laughs> So why not bring more people into this love? Yeah, well, they're going to have to take care of the parents when the parents get older. It's the I would love reason. to go over to some of those fucking impoverished places and teach them blowjobs and anal and say, <laughs> look, dude, why don't you just go in this fucking direction instead of constantly dropping your seed in? Just pull out, dog. Pop a load on some titties or whatever, you know? That's all they got to do. It's still got, well, all the those problems pre-cum. Pre-cum could also <laughs> impregnate. There you go. Third world. There you go. Chris is learning. <laughs> also, they could try interspecies fucking. That seems not right. Just fucking, fucking a goat or whatever. I mean, I, I think I'd rather fuck a goat than live to be 150. I've been hurting now for fucking <laughs> 70 years. My back is killing me. My grandmother lived to be 99 and hated the last five years of it that I can count, that I can remember. So my great-grandma was 103, but the last four years were all you know, like in a bed. So what's the, why do you want to live to 150 and get 40 more years of that? Terrible. Terrible idea. I'd rather take a bullet. We all wanted to keep her going. We wanted to see that hundred. 
Um, here's uh, Joe. You're on the Run Fest show. How you doing, guys? I uh, just wanted if you touch upon the fact that the cannibal cop is saying that he could face up to life in prison and, um, you know, hasn't really done anything. Uh, I guess the, the big point is that if you took away the things he Googled and put in bomb and dynamite and such like that, like that, we know that, but these are things that he, he wasn't doing. He did some nasty Google searches and could face life in prison. Well, I guess they have him on the plan. Him and some other dude were acting like they were going to eat this fucking woman. But, yeah, uh, it seems weird if you haven't done anything. You've just discussed it. Uh, how is that any different than, like, the person that's writing World War Z? I mean, let's take a look at their emails and their Google search. I bet they've been to some weird places coming up with their horror film. There's no way this guy does time. Or if he does, he's fucking. He'll You're get such out a of psychic. Jail. Thank you. <laughs> I sometimes feel like I have some sort of fucking. I call it a sixth sense. You don't even have a second sense. <laughs> That's the weird thing about you. I barely have taste, smell, or smell and taste are pretty much just You've gone. You fucking marbled those out of your life. <laughs> but the guy didn't do anything. These, this fucking this wife of his had a fucking freak out. Just, just get the fuck away from him. Don't call the cops on the guy. He was just fucking being a weirdo. He was way weird, though. Yeah, he wanted to put her on a spit and carve her up and eat her and like I don't know, rape her and torture her and her friends. But he didn't do it. But, yeah, I feel no connection to the guy. See, so like the planning matters because the difference between murder and premeditated murder, the planning adds on to the sentence. So why wouldn't the planning just get you something also well because do you think that you can it's a crime to think about things i mean thinking is different than going as far as he did i guess what did he do he didn't do shit if anything he proved that he's lazy and incompetent <laughs> and yeah you should get a couple years for that <laughs> this guy was probably in some weird i'm gonna say gay relationship with this other dude that he yeah, was playing that with and he was just jacking off to talking to this guy. He just, he was just using this for masturbation. Or I don't. That's it. Because the wife also came up and said, "Try to pass this one off on the gays." The, not, these are gays. <laughs> these two guys are gay. The wife said he lost interest in fucking banging her. Like he he was not having sex with her. He was jerking off to this other dude that he was talking to. I think it was that was British. I think. Yeah. And they were talking about being cannibals together. The internet just gets weirdos together, which is basically what the following is all about. And the following is, like, here's a dude who's a charismatic leader. And he it's not so much that he turns people into killers, but killers just contact him and go, Hey, I always wanted to fucking kill. Maybe I could hook up with you. It's a good show. Uh, and now, like last night, I'm watching it, and they go, join us at, tonight on the 10 o'clock news, where we tell you how the following could actually happen. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to fucking watch that, but I did DVR it in case I'm going to watch it later over the weekend. You love the following now? Yeah, it's a good show. You and Liz Ed's Fire are the only people that I know that watch it. It's one of the few shows that I actually watch on TV, like every week. I, I watch a lot of cable shows now. I'm behind at all the showtimes. <clears throat> we need to get up on your House of Lies. Yeah. And uh, Marilyn Manson showed up on Californication. Oh, shit. 
just fucking doing huge rails and loving it. <laughs> I'm trying to fuck his daughter. I'm trying to fuck Moody's daughter. Fuck, that sounds great. Um, here's Al. Al, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ron? Hey. So, I'm an attorney, and in yeah. New York, what they're probably trying this cannibal guy for is conspiracy. And all they all he needs to do is agree with someone else that he is going to take an action, you know, eat his wife or whomever, and then actually take a step toward completing the plan. So, you know, the prosecution would have to prove that he had an agreement with the English guy, and then they actually went forward with something. Not the eating of her, perhaps buying materials, for example. Um, yeah, I mean, the same way that we're going to bust uh, Al-Qaeda for planning something. You have to really, you can't act like it's fiction. By the way, today I want to say happy birthday to our old buddy Sleeve. Sleeve's his birthday. I believe he's 110 today. 112. Fez, what about you? I've been dying to get you into the show today. You're sitting back down again. You back that. See, this is why I don't like to go to break. It takes Fez out of his his pocket. And he came back down here and just gave the occasional laugh and nothing else. Well, I think the Joker case in Colorado is getting very strange where the judge is now saying, all right, if you plead insanity, if your lawyers enter that plea, we're going to question you using truth serum. So I didn't think we did that in this country. How can you put someone under truth serum? We don't allow lie detectors. Sure we do. As evidence. Sure we do. No, we don't. A lie detector doesn't get used as evidence in yeah. a case. Yeah, there's lie detectors. I think we put people on them, but I don't think it's admissible. Well, why would we put them on it? I, that I don't know. But I think this is this is having somebody testify against themselves. This is against the Fifth Amendment, I would think. Um. I don't know anything about it. I would be wrong to act like I could play legal counsel to this. So you're on the side of the Joker? I'm uh, I'm on the side of not using truth serum on somebody. That sounds like something you would use on an enemy terrorist from another country. And the fact that he's a terrorist in this country who killed all these kids makes him somehow better. You're quite the patriot, Mr. Watley. We've got the best terrorist in the world. Our own. We don't need terrorists coming over here when we could shoot up our own. So you see a guy in Iran fighting for his country lower than you see an American running into a goddamn place shooting up a bunch of fucking kids or trying to watch a Batman movie. Well, this is an American who is in the American legal system and has certain protections. So I would think truth serum is against that. And it just sounds bizarre. It sounds like actually something the Joker would do to Batman. It does, but if it works, it it works. It, if it keeps them off the street, why not use it if it's 100% effective? Then why not use it on everyone and force them to testify against themselves? See, it's a, it becomes 100% with Fez. It's a black or white. It's always hard to have a conversation with This guy with isn't them. getting back on the street. How no you matter know? what they do with him. How do you know? If he goes in with sane asylum, he could. We've seen it happen before. The guy who shot the president is walking around the streets of D.C. now. You can see him eating his lunch down there. No one gives a fuck. How many times does that fucking Mark David Chapman's name pop up of, shall we let him out again? Every, literally every year. Every year it comes up. 
Um, here's uh, Kevin. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey, Fezzy, I got a question for you. Um, since you're with the Joker on this one, how about drone strikes on U.S. citizens? Is that okay if you're a true patriot? I not not on this not on American oh, land. Oh okay. Oh okay. There you go, hypocrite. Oh, oh my God! What are you talking about? Shit! Hold on. Uh, we have a spy report. 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 If it's on American soil. Spy report. Spy report. Spy report. Alan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, no Pope today. Black smoke coming out of the chimney. Well, what do they give themselves? An hour and a half? What the fuck? No first ballot. That's some fucking kind of secrecy, goddamn summit. They, they had to go to the bathroom, probably. Oh, yeah. Somebody had to take a shit. Told you, they're older guys. Black smoke, no Pope. Look at this, and all those people are out waiting for the fucking Pope to name to be announced, so now they gotta all go back. Damn, I wonder how those people got the fucking balcony seats. That's primo real estate. Yeah, you gotta kill a cop to get those. <laughs> That's the only way the Catholic Church will let you in. Uh, no Pope first day elected. Now, I think they can, they'll vote, like, up to four times a day now that this has started. All right, we're getting some great facts coming in for us. Uh, four times a day, we will have the opportunity to see black smoke or white smoke. Oh, Hopefully, we will be on the air when the saints come marching in. Oh, I hope so. And when those saints come marching in. I want to smoke up that number when the saints come marching in. Um, here's, uh, Kurt. You're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, how you doing, Ronnie? Good. Bucks. I've, uh, never called in before, but I, I felt today was appropriate. My wife just gave birth to twins. Wow, fantastic, dude. What do you yeah. got? Uh, well, both. Boy and a girl, to, and, and already a three-year-old at home. So... Ooh. Gonna have the tube sides while she's already in there and all opened up. Yeah, yeah, good idea. I, I, I'm done in there for a while. Good idea. Forever. Yeah, get out of it. <laughs> well, congratulations, well, man. You're father of three now. The end of my existence. No, you're gonna have the greatest time. You're gonna have a little boy and a little girl and the three-year-old. You can start to everyone gang up on. Uh, put that three-year-old teaching how to wash diapers and help out a little bit. You're at that age. That's a great idea. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Talk to you well, later, Pop. Congratulations. Whenever. Thank you. Have a great day. Man, can you imagine coming home from the hospital? You just had twins. Whenever I see, like, like twins that are boy and girl, I assume they have sex with each other. <laughs> Probably the wrong day to be saying that. Probably... Probably no day is it really right to say <laughs> that. That guy's got like 15 years before he, he would might have to worry about that. How about what you're always doing, saying, uh, "Oh, I just had twins," and then you cut your balls and shake them a little bit. Let's like, see this. Bad. Aren't the twins cute? <laughs> <laughs> 
And tw- twins, Kyla, doesn't that mean it's like freak sperm? And the twins. He just split an egg. The sperm's fine. Oh. He did nothing wrong. His wife's fucking either producing two eggs or splitting one like a nut. Lady, what's up with the fucking so many eggs? Look, you stop worrying about that and start thinking about what you're going to do with popcorn. Yeah. Have him just go up and stand in the window so we can take a look at him. Popcorn comes to the window. Here's the weird thing about popcorn. He's staring at me. I will get him where we can all see him. Move over, yeah. I believed in that kid. And when the news came back to me, and believe me, I don't follow his Twitter. Someone had to (laughs) tell me. Popcorn, who is the person that you think that told me? I have no idea. Of course. If you had to make a guess, now. Um, I don't know. I don't know who follows me on Twitter. Okay. Anyone. (laughs) Doesn't matter. He can't do it. You did not train him properly. Like we always say, no is the best answer in improv. Oh, Popsy. What's going to happen? Hmm. All right. That's it for us. We got anything else we need to push, Chris? Any prizes we didn't give away or anything? We all good. I think prizes are good. Uh, also, uh, check out the Never Let Your Boss Up stage in a dance-off. That's on the IB Wire. I was a big, I was a big fan of that. What was it? So this uh, this guy's uh, is his employees taught him how to dance, and he makes them look like shit. It's a good one. It's on the IB wire. I didn't say it. What was All that? right, see you guys in here tomorrow. Thanks to Holly Hunter. And that's the end of my show. Donk.